knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. From the nation's capital, this is the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast, with your host, Rob Snowett. Thanks for downloading the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast. This is Series 2, Episode 6, Interviews. This is from the Fly Fishing Show from Somerset, New Jersey, from the last weekend of January 2013. And I'm going to give you a little bit of my notes and then uh, what I thought of the show, some other bits. I'm going to go through the fly time materials I bought at the show. And then we're going to go to the interviews. Jason did a bang-up job of cutting and pasting all the different interviews that I did together into one long podcast for you guys to listen to. We're going to give our shout-outs in this podcast to Victor, one of the local anglers in my fly fishing club, the title Potomac Fly Rodders, and to Adam, who goes by My Mind Excursion on Twitter. They both asked me the weekend of the show if I was going to be doing another podcast there. And, of course, I, I did a podcast. You're listening to it now. So what I want to do is uh, just let you know that um, I recorded this podcast because not everybody gets to go to these fly fishing shows. So this gives you a chance to hear who's there. And maybe next year you'll decide to go or you might have one in a couple of weeks or a month or two that you still want to go to the winter of 2013. And it's also just to inform people that couldn't make it. Maybe um, your car broke down on your way up from Pennsylvania 
or uh, just other issues that you uh, you just couldn't make it up for the weekend. So let's dive right in. And before I do, I just want to remind everybody that when you go to the Fly Fishing Film Tour this year, please be sure to look at and pay attention to Urban Lines. That is the movie I'm featured in. We're trying to nail down a night to have Nick and Cammy and maybe Jeremy the videographers of the movie to come over one night and record a podcast about it. I know Jeremy's off to New Zealand in a couple of days and Nick and Cammy are always just super busy. So let's um, dive in. So uh, let's see. You know, I just want to let you know that uh, the people I got to meet at this show, we're going to go by some of their, their online names. I met uh, tattooed angler. I met Cameron from fiberglass manifesto I met Fishing Poet, and if you remember from the way back machine, flyfisherman.com used to have their online message board. I met Fishing Banjo, which is a name that I haven't seen in a long time. People I didn't get to meet or didn't get to interview just because it's such a busy weekend. Um, my main reason there is to help out with Project Healing Waters. I'm a volunteer, and I don't get to do as much at the Washington, D.C. chapter events because... I'm either guiding or I've got my daughter. So maybe I can put her into daycare and drive up. We'll see how that goes uh, as she gets older. But So my main option, my main thing I'm there for is to be at the Project Hill and Waters booth and raise money through donations and selling our merchandise, which is all a donation actually because we're a nonprofit. We do not charge for anything. And it turns out there's just so many people helping out at the healing waters booth you know the term too many cooks in the kitchen so there are times when you might have five or six people there and you're actually blocking the entrance for uh donors to come up and chat and find out about project healing waters now hopefully you listen to the podcast i did back in april if not please go and listen to that and go to projecthealingwaters.org to find out more information so when there was too many people at the booth, that's when I would pick up the laptop and go way out into the show and try and track people down. So the list of people that I either didn't get to talk to or, or couldn't find, I definitely wanted to follow up with a lot of people from last year. So the Mossy Creek guys were just super busy. Their booth had probably tripled, if not quadrupled in size. They had Bob Kramer and Jess up from the shop too this year. So it was pretty big and they were busy the whole time. So I wanted to talk. Karelex flies with them and Muskie. So we're going to have to do that again. The guys from Hatch Reels didn't get a chance to talk to them. Didn't get a chance to follow up with Dave Whitlock, even though I talked to his neighbors. I didn't get to give him a hug either. Every time I saw him, I was like, I won't go give Dave a hug. He's like the grandpa I never had. I love him. I think he gets freaked out when I always tell him I love him too. Didn't get a chance to follow up with the Temple Fork people. Got a chance to say hi to a couple of them throughout the show, just shake hands. Didn't get a chance to follow up with uh, Fly Girl out of the Outer Banks. Um, the guy from Up, you know, the, the cartoon character, he was there again. Spoke with Bo Beasley. Didn't get a chance to catch up with him. Same with Kevin Arculio. I don't think I got Pat Cohen on last year. He does the ridiculously awesome... Spun deer hair patterns. He's a fly tire. I spoke with Tom Rosenbauer and Phil Monahan from Orvis on Friday night. I didn't know they were leaving on Friday night. Otherwise, I would have tried to sit down with them and just talk. Got some questions for Tom. Tom and I had a chance to chat before dinner, before I took off with Healing Waters for dinner. Boy, did I eat some food. 
while we're on the topic, dinner was French onion soup with beef bourguignon. And Saturday night was even better because I really worked up an appetite. Saturday we went to – so Friday night we went to Sophie's Bistro, French. Sunday Saturday night we did Luca's Ristorante where I started off with a burrata salad with mangoes and mixed greens with a vinaigrette. And then I followed that up with cocoa annulati with a roasted butternut squash filling in a cream sauce. Oh, my God. It was so good. After that, I wasn't drinking, so I decided to double my calories on dessert. I got a cannoli, and I got the tiramisu. It was pretty good dinner. But let's back to the people we didn't get talked to. So Dick Brown, he wrote a bonefish book that I read before I went down and spent December and January of 99, 2000 in the Keys. I really wanted to talk to him. If I knew he was going to be there, I would have brought my book to get signed. Bob Clouser passed by a couple times, also with Temple Fork. Sims didn't get a chance to talk to them about new products, some of the boots. Maybe looking to purchase a pair of their boots just because they're a little sturdier after the amount of wear I put on them. Speaking of boots, I didn't get a chance to catch up with Corkers this year. Wanted to talk about their aluminum bar, their KGB boots, the mocks that everyone loves. However, I do want to give them a shout out. I did bring them my right boot. You've heard me complain in the past that I really couldn't get into the right boot. It wouldn't tighten. Well, it turns out it's all the grit, that microscopic fine particles that are in four mile run were just way up in there. So I had to go rinse them in the bathroom in the sink, but with the sinks at Somerset were awful. It'd be more efficient to go outside and just rub your hands in a puddle. And then uh, they, they fixed my boots. Did not get a chance to talk to Daniel at Tenkara USA, though I did talk to, I guess you'd say their competitor. So if Daniel's like Coke, Tenkara bombs Pepsi. Aaron Jasper, author, DVD guy, fly tire. And Dave Klausmeyer also did not get a chance to talk to. Some other notes uh, I want to talk about. Our whole section smelled like mothballs. We couldn't decide if that was just old dudes walking around, if it was fly tie material, or it was the booth a couple of feet down. And every time the four doors would open, we get a blast. It was like 16 degrees on Friday and Saturdays. It was pretty freaking freezing in there, Mr. Bigglesworth. The handshaking, I still think handshaking is the downfall of humanity. It all started when guys on horses would stick out their right hand in England to show that they weren't carrying a gun when you cross them on a trail, and now we just exchange germs. I know one of the brothers from Aussie Creek is sick from the weekend, and we were trying as much as we could just to put on hand sanitizer. I want to say Bear's Den, you disappointed me. I went there to buy some ostrich plume, which is one of my standard tie materials. Each pack I paid five ninety nine for. Uh, Wapsi brand and it's beautifully dyed. This is definitely going to, you know, probably get about two, 300 flies each out of these packs. I mean, they're beautiful, but, uh, you know, I went to tight lines fly fishing and I was getting the same things for a buck, a buck 50. So, um, yeah, guys. And some of these from tight lines have got like two or three actual plumes in them. Fly Shack, awesome. I'm going to go over what I got from them. And then one of the more random things, because I'm a random guy. So I'm walking through the show, and I've got my name tag from Healing Waters on my shirt. And this guy walks up. He's like, are you Rob Snowy that went to Camp Harlem? And I'm like, yeah. So Camp Harlem was a, a K-12 
Camford Jewish kids up in the Poconos where your parents loathed you and they would send you there for one or two months out of the summer. And what you would do is take your crest white toothpaste and you would write your name on the rafters of the bunk and the year you were in that bunk. And there, you know, you in the late eighties, like 87, 88, you'd have stuff from the seventies still up there. So this guy had recognized my name and I haven't been to that camp in 22 or 23 years. So it was pretty hilarious for me that this guy remembered me. I had to call my brother who went to camp with me and we both had a good laugh. So those are my notes. I'm going to, um, just go over what the fly tying material is that I purchased. So, you know, I, I use the fly shack for my flies. They're called saber fly hooks. They are from New York. And if you watch my YouTube videos, you see I'm always going to use them. What I bought is, and they're $6.99 for 100 hooks online, or if you buy them at the show, 7 bucks for 100 So I ended up buying about 1,400 hooks. I bought size 4 streamer hooks, one package. I bought one package of size 6 streamer hooks, one package of size 12 nymph hooks, barbless, and one pack of size 10 streamer hooks. Let's go to the main hooks. I mostly use shrimp and caddis people hooks. So these are reverse bend, down eye, 1X short, 1X strong, black finish. Preferably barbless. The other ones I purchased were reverse bend, down eye, 1X short, 1X long. No, that's the same one. You have so many hooks. Ah, here we go. Reverse bend, down eye, 1X short, 1X fine. Black finish. Okay. So let's see how many packs of these do I got. One pack of size 10 shrimp caddis. Two packs, three packs, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, about nine or 10 packs of shrimp caddis hooks. So that's about a thousand of those. And you know what? I'm going to go help David Fokerts out with healing waters again at Lancaster in a month. So please come by and talk to us and maybe, you know, drop some Benjamins in our bucket. We do an amazing, amazing work of getting soldiers, combat wounded vets uh, into fly fishing. And basically what it does is it gives them physical and emotional therapy. You all know what fly fishing is like when you're on the water. It gets you away from your daily, daily events, how bad they may be. And, you know, a couple bucks gets these guys on the water. It gets supplies to the VAs where we're working out of and just helps pay for funds like, um, you know, like making stickers that we're going to sell for, or I should, I'm not going to sell them. We are going to have them out for donations. And you talk to these guys and it makes a huge difference. And what we do is sort of, you know, plant the seed into fly fishing for them. And then through the events, they come out, learn to cast, go on trips with us. Then when they're uh, through at the VA and go home, then they are, you know, ready to leave the nest and be fully fledged uh, fly anglers and can do it themselves. All right, so let's go through what I got. This is everything except these two packs of ostrich plumes are from Bear's Den. What I did is I found these dollar bins at Tightline Fly Fishing. Let's see what they are. Tight Lines Fly Fishing, New Jersey's most complete full-service fly shop. Andrew Moy is the owner. TightLinesFlyFishing.com. They're in Parsippany, New York. Specialized in spay, two-hand equipment instruction. 
New York and New Jersey guided trips, destination trips, fly casting classes, fly tying instruction. All right. So gar season's coming up. And now that I know where the gar hang out specifically and we can target them and I know what flies to use, I can't use what I have been using, which is called widow's web. They don't sell it anymore. So I found this stuff. It's just as a slinky fiber. It's called near hair. And each package was a dollar. So that's two packages of yellow. One, two, three packages of white. One, two, three packages of black. One royal blue and one sky blue. And what I'm going to do with these is make clouds or minnows with a hook. Most garflies don't have hooks. Well, you know, there's other fish down where they're swimming around. So you might get a cat, a snakehead, a largemouth, whatever. So those are going to be the clousers. And I can do a tutorial if you'd like. Now, for super clouser materials, this stuff was a buck a pouch. It's the nylon hair I use for super clousers. It's in their buck each. I got olive green. I got bright green. I got a very light pale green, which is going to make a great underbelly for bait fish. Another bright green. I got a black. I got a beautiful purple. I got bubblegum pink. I got pale tan. I got a brown and a bright red. So I can do bright red for like bleeding gills. Next up. So shad season is about a month away and I need to tie flies that are inexpensive because we are most likely going to lose all of them. That's what the size 10 streamer hooks are for. And I need to make flashy tails on them that are about a three quarters of an inch to half an inch long. So this is Umqua Angel Hair Blue Ice. I probably got those for a buck. I got Angler's Choice Angel Hair Fuchsia Pink. I got a Polar Flash Gold because gold's a very popular shad color. Polar Flash. What color is this? Like seafoam green. And these are all a buck. Dark Olive Pearl. I have Silver. Polar Flash. Another Silver. Another Dark Olive. This one's like Green Pearl. And another silver. Let's move on to Flashaboo. I have um, pearlescent Flashaboo. And I have stuff that I got from Walmart years ago, but it just pulls out of the tails. And I also have saltwater Flashaboo, 50 cents a pack. Moving on. Oh, I got those um, finger stripping guards. They retail for $6. I got them for 2 All right, let's go through my uh, ostrich. One, two, three. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. So twelve ostrich plumes that are buck fifty each. And some of them they have like cross cut materials in them. They got other stuff. All right. So my new thing is I'm gonna start tying up baby goldfish flies for the Potomac. So I got this bright orange polar chenille flame fluorescent. I got a huge pack of chartreuse glitter rubber legs. And this for a buck fifty is about four packs of black and blue speckled rubber legs. For sucker spawns, I got three pouches of diamond pearl braid, chartreuse, lime green, and orange. For my snakehead flies, a lot of crosscut rabbit, grizzly, chartreuse, fuchsia, purple, fuchsia, chartreuse. And then Estaz, we got pearl, pearl grande, pearl, red, red. Uh, polar chenille fluorescent blue, yellow, a huge pack of pink, a huge pack of lime green, beautiful color blue. Uh, this is black crystal braid, huge pack of purple grande, another huge pack of 
purple grande for a buck fifty. And this is a dark lime green and red and yellow. So that's what I did. I spent most of my money on that. I also picked up a new subscription to Fly Fisherman and American Angler and Fly Tire. And I also purchased, you know, I think that's it. The two hook purchases, the hook purchase materials. And those are my three things I bought. So we'll see um, if I have time to go around at the Lancaster show. Probably not because it's just going to be David and myself at the booth. But we'll see. Hopefully, uh, Bill Skilton is going to be there and I can sit down. We're looking at also having... Who else is going to be there that I know of? Um, Fly Girl might be there again, not to be used with Fly Gal. Other people we're going to have on is Matt Marin. hope I'm pronouncing your name right. So we were just chatting on Twitter tonight. So hopefully we'll see him. But it should be a good show. Hopefully raise some more funds for Healing Waters. I'm going to bring some bar stools so I'm not standing the whole time. It really hurts your feet standing on cement. And I also want to talk to Chuck Ferminski, who basically owns, runs, and operates the fly fishing show. So without the further ramblings of myself we're going to have producer jason take us away to the somerset fly fishing show 2013 y'all enjoy so we're at the uh, somerset fly fishing show a year later we got pete kutzer from orvis at the orvis booth this year how's it going pete it's going great we're really excited to have a booth here uh this year so we're showing off right now the new h2 rods which i can say are ridiculously light and extremely accurate and you got some of the new uh guide bags yep, and guide yeah we got uh the new h2 rods they're a lot stronger uh too we got the uh new guide sling uh digi sling pack that's a little bit bigger it's about twice the size of our normal sling pack and we got uh the new sonic seam waders which uh 259 bucks a great pair of waders uh, i've been guiding and fishing out of mine for a while now and they're just awesome I got a pair, but they're a little shorter, so I'm, I got a large long coming to me in the mail because the large were a little tight on me. Well, we really vamped up our size options. They actually got a pair that fits me now. They got an extra long size, so uh, so I'm pretty psyched about those waders. For those who don't know, Pete, I'm looking up at him right now to talk to him. A horrible basketball player, though. Horrible basketball player. You can get into the deep water, though, and you're waiting. Yeah, yeah, that, it definitely helps when uh, waiting. I could definitely see a lot more. <laughs> So uh, what else is new this year? We got a bigger Mirage that came out. Yep, we got uh, we got a new black nickel Mirage. Uh, we got a new colorway. We got some different sizes uh, in the Mirage. Uh, we got a new uh, Click and Paul Bat and Kill Bar Stock Reel. Um, this one is a really, really sweet reel. Uh, it's going to come in. Uh, it's coming out in March. Uh, so we're kind of giving you the first glimpse here at the show. It's uh, Click and Paul, uh, lightweight, kind of in that black nickel color as well. Uh, 98 bucks for all the different sizes. A great, great reel. Can't beat that. Let's see what else we got here today. And there's a chance to win the H2, but if you're not here and you're hearing this a month from now, it won't do you any good. Yeah, yeah. we're giving away an H2, a couple guide slings. We got some T-shirts. Make sure you fill out a card, all right? Got it done. All right. Uh, yeah, we got an 8.5-foot 5-weight H2. Um, we got a bunch of people coming in the booth. It's a great vibe here. We got Lefty doing a presentation, as always. Uh you know, it's, it's fun. It's been a great show. And the booth, it's open on three sides, so, oh, my goodness. Um, so you got plenty of space here, a lot of good foot traffic coming in. Yeah, yeah, it's great. You know, we're on a corner, so uh, folks are coming through. We're trying to uh, stop them at the pass and say, hey, come on, try out a rod. So, and uh, 
Rosenbauer, he, he left last night. He was sticking around for the weekend? Yeah, yeah, he took off last night. He didn't want to stick around for the whole show. Uh, so He can go. So you got me. You got second, second prize. He's, he's got Vermont himself right now because there anglers here. Yeah. Yeah, Vermont's, uh, yeah, he's, he's solo. So if he can find some water, there's, uh, there's not going to be anybody on it up there. Very nice. And then Phil's here somewhere still? Uh, Phil uh, Monahan is not here today. He took off again, so he just swung or swung by yesterday. Should have gotten the podcasting done yesterday then. Uh, yeah, you guys could do like this podcast collab. It'd be pretty slick. I got to get down and uh, fish for those snakeheads with you though. That looks like a riot. There, there's gonna be more this year. They just keep growing exponentially, so. and they'll be bigger. So maybe more than a you know, the twenty pounder was caught last year. So who knows what's in the river now? That's a huge fish. That's- Come on down. Yeah. All right, thanks for joining us this year. Hey, thanks again, Rob. All right. We are here with Chris from Tenkarabum. Chris, how's it going? It's going pretty well. There's a lot of activity today, a lot of people coming through, people seeing Tenkara for the first time, and the amazing thing is you hand them a rod, their eyes get wide, their jaw drops, and they say, wow, because it's just so much lighter than what they're used to fishing with. And I'm going to admit that I have the other brand, and these ones are so much lighter, what you have to offer. I was amazed when I picked them up yesterday. The grip also on a lot of them was a lot more, I don't know, just the texture of my hand was a lot nicer, more comfortable. Well, one thing that I've tried to do is try to get the rods from Japan, from the Japanese makers. The Tenkara originated in Japan. They've been making these rods for decades uh, and so if I go for the Shimano's or the Daiwa's and try and get the lightest rods I can, I like them better. I think that a lot of the fishermen like them better as well. Uh, one of the things that I like is the small rods for smaller fish, the Headwaters Wild Brookies or the, the Small Wild Rainbows. And with the lighter weight rods, uh, it's just so much more fun. And these rods don't have the cork grips, but if the rod only weighs an ounce, you don't need cork. You're not going to get blisters. you got a variety. I see Daiwa Nymphing backpacking, beginner Tenkara kits, Daiwa Tenkara, Shimano Tenkara, Shimano travel, small wild, small trout, big water, big fish, big water and small fish. You've got a, a huge variety. Some of these, I mean, you could pack them in a hit pack. Some of them are small enough. Oh, actually, a lot of them are, especially the backpacking rods. The backpacking rods are designed to collapse to about 15 inches, so they'll fit in a small day pack. Um, one of the problems with some of the rods, especially the extending rods, they're long enough that if you're going through the woods and have to follow a deer trail and crouch down underneath some of the vines, the rod will get caught if it's in your backpack. But if you have one of the smaller travel rods or backpacking rods, fits entirely within the pack, it doesn't get caught as you're going through the woods. And also, if you're traveling on business, these things fit in a briefcase. I've got the other one, and I keep it in my, the back seat of my car. And I can, If I see a little stream, I can just pop out, and you're ready to go in no time. That's one of the best things about Tenkara. You can have the rod already rigged with the line attached, the tippet attached, the fly attached, and keep it either in a Obira rod quiver or keep it with the line holder holding it ready all the time so it takes just seconds to uh extend the rod and you're fishing 
And I want to ask you about the level line. I've heard about it, but I don't know how it relates to other Tenkara line versus regular monofilament. You've got a wide variety of high-vis fluorocarbon Tenkara line. Can you talk about that? Okay. There, there's two main types of, two main styles for a Tenkara line, the level line and a furled line, which unfortunately sometimes gets called traditional, but it's not traditional. Uh, no one in Japan uses a furled line. They do use tapered lines, but they're not furled. Uh, and the traditional line is made from horsehair. But getting back to the level line, which is what I prefer, I use it because it's lighter. Uh, the advantage of a lighter line is it's easier to hold off the water surface. If the line's off the water surface, you get less drag. With less drag, you get better presentations. Better presentations, you catch more fish. So for me, I like the level line. It just it's easier to hold off the water surface because it's lighter. The line I have is a fluorescent orange line, very high visibility, so you can see just the slightest twitch in the line or hesitation in the line. The first time I went fishing with this orange line, I had the best day I've ever had because there's so, there's so, many, so many real subtle takes where the line just barely twitches. And if you don't have a high visibility line, you won't see them. Okay, that was a quick pause so we can sell something. Um, the furled line, I took out to Colorado last year, and it, it froze in the winter. So this level line looks like it'd be much easier to fish in cold weather. Well, in the winter time, it is better because the, the furled line, especially if it's made from Kevlar, because Kevlar absorbs moisture, it will freeze in cold temperatures. This line, it doesn't absorb any moisture at all. If it's extremely cold, you might get little beads of water as the water... Uh, drips down the line the drips might freeze but that's not going to add nearly as much weight to the line as a furled line if the line freezes so yeah for uh winter fishing by all means i would go with the uh the level fluorocarbon line and my last question is about the flies i see a lot of these on on twitter they're the sakasa kabari if you could explain kabari explain the flies and and how they're made these look I mean, I guess the term is shuttlecock. They're like a dandelion plume. They're face forward. Yes, uh, they are. And the reason for that is that in Japan, almost all of the Tenkara fishing is in a high gradient, rapid mountain stream. And with if you were fishing with a traditional European style of wet fly, soft hackle, the force of the water would force the hackle back along the hook shank. So the fly would just collapse. These flies, with the hackle facing forward, as it goes through the water, it opens up. So it's, it's almost like if you can visualize a jellyfish swimming in reverse. You know, it opens up with every pulse of the line. And the Japanese anglers occasionally will fish dead drift, but they'll also fish with slight pulses in the line. And the pulse causes the hackle to open and close makes the fly look like it's alive and getting away and so that attracts uh, it attracts the, the uh, fish to strike fantastic all right how can we find you online and on social media sites okay you can find me online at www.tenkarabum.com one word and also on social media at tenkarabum.com for twitter uh, my own uh, facebook page is CM Stewart, I think. I don't, I, I don't know what it is. I don't go to it, but uh, um, no, probably Chris Stewart. 
for the uh, uh, Facebook, but mostly I'm on Twitter or the, the website at www.tenkarabum.com. You guys really need to check out these rods. This variety is just, I'm going to have pictures up, but it's awesome. Chris, thanks so much. Thank you very much. So we've got Chris here from Salmon River Outfitters, and we got Rockstar Fly Tying, looks like, behind us. Let's, let's talk about where you guys are, what you do, how the weekend's going, and uh, let's and talk about the Salmon River, because I always talk about it on my podcast. Let's have someone else talk about it for once. All right. As you said, my name is Chris Dever from Salmon River Outfitters. We've got a lodge opened up. We're selling rooms up there. Um, it's going to be renovated over the summer. Hopefully, by 2013 in August, we'll be up and running with five rooms. We're going to have a restaurant in there, tackle shop, fly shop, center pin shop. Center pin is only like a central New York thing. If people did that in D.C. for, like, Shad, it would be filthy, ridiculous, nonstop action. I don't know why it hasn't taken off. I, I do think that over the next few years we're going to have a lot more activity going with centerpin rods. Um, I could see already even the vendors are selling more reels, and they're making them more affordable now. And I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with the centerpin stuff. Can you describe centerpinning to everyone out there? Yeah, centerpin rod is basically a little bit longer than most fly rods that we use, a little bit more sensitive, usually using a four-pound tippet, six-pound tippet, something like that. Uh, the reel is similar to a fly reel, only there's no drag. It's a free spool reel. You put all the drag on it based off of what just friction from your hand, and you can get a much longer drift than you can usually with the uh, standard fly rods that we use now. And you want to talk about the seasons, the fishery up there, what comes in when? All right, so usually around the beginning of October, we're going to get the main run of salmon, and that's going to last probably four weeks from there, bringing us to a November time where the steelhead usually is about a two-week delay before we get really good steelhead fishing on through October, November, December. Steelhead is there. They stay all winter. Um, brown trout, November, it's pretty good there in the area. And uh, as we get into springtime, we get to drop back steelheads. Uh, that'll be... Uh, March and April. Are you from that area, or is the fishing bring you up there? Definitely for me, the fishing is what brings me up there. I'm actually from the area right around here in New Jersey. I live in Bergen County, and I just bought Sam River Outfitter Lodge. It's actually, we're closing on it right now, so hopefully it will be a new venture for me and very exciting. Very cool. And how can we find you online? Online, we're at SamRiverOutfittersNY.com. Very cool. Chris, thanks for talking with us. Thank you very much. Well, it's a year later. We're going to follow up with Mike Heck from FallingSpring.com. We see how Mike's voice holds up and uh, talk about his tie. And I see he's got some claw dads out and shanks minnow and terrestrials and midges and all his unique patterns to uh, to fishing his locations in Pennsylvania. So, Mike, how's it going this year? It's going real well, Rob. How are you? Cold, but not as cold as you right now. That bay door behind me is uh, is not insulated. I'm actually glad my light has heat. So, what I've been working on here is uh, some blueing olive nymphs. Uh, it's one of the designs. Uh, I think when I was 13 years old, I uh, started working on this little fly. Uh, with our spring creeks being so crystal clear, a lot of times these trout can see these nymphs as just as well as any other dry fly. So, 
with that, sometimes like a standard pheasant tail or hare's ear may not work as well as one that's uh, more natural uh, within the water itself. Do the fish on, on spring creeks now be like, dude, that's a Mike Heck fly when it passes over, or are you still fooling them pretty well? Uh, we're still still fooling them uh, day in, day out. I mean, they'll take these flies. Uh, a lot of times, uh, I'd say 90% of the times, it's a presentation of the fly, getting it fly to drift right, getting it to where it's in the fish's uh, line of sight, uh, that sort of thing. So, Betus nymphs has a... Uh, fairly long tail so what I've done with this tie is accentuate the tail making that tail a bit longer than uh, your standard a standard uh, pheasant tail or something like that I'll make the tails uh, roughly a length and length and a quarter of the uh, hook shank itself uh, the tails made out of uh, olive dyed pheasant tail uh, the abdomen itself uh, is olive dyed pheasant tail. I normally will use about uh, five to six strands on a standard size 18, uh, 18 uh, hook. The tool you're using, I've had one of those for 20 years. I never knew what it was for. So I just found out. What, what is that called? These are just uh, uh, wire, wire pliers for, uh, for electricians. Uh, they make excellent hackle pliers, and they're fifty cents instead of uh, eight dollars. Now you're wrapping a wire rib over the body. Yes, I use this uh, very fine wire from uh, Performance Flies. It's very, very strong. It's very thin, so I can really get on a like a size eighteen when I'm tying here. I can get six or seven wraps. Compared to like uh, Uniwire, and you can only get three or four. The wing case itself is a uh, gray goose. It comes from the primary wings of the goose. Uh, what I'll do first before I use my gray use the wing case, I will uh, use a uh, uh, lady's fingernail polish, clear fingernail polish, and coat the coat the goose uh, feather down so it doesn't split while you're tying it in. When you buy the nail polish, you're always like, it's for fly fishing. And the lady looks at you, and she's like, right. Yeah. Uh, ladies look at ladies probably look at fly tires funny for the stuff we buy. I think we spend more times in shops like that and uh, hobby lobbies than uh, anything else. Now, the thorax itself is a, a squirrel blend I came up with. I loved, I loved as a kid. I hunted squirrels. I had lots of it. So... Uh, I was able to able to have it quite handily. It's a blend of uh, olive dyed and gray dyed squirrel, 50-50, blended up in a coffee grinder. Another good thing about the squirrel, the squirrel blends itself, the, the fibers itself are very prickly. So it gives you a real good uh, natural look uh, to the fly itself without really using any uh, synthetic materials. Bring the wing case over, tie it in. A quick uh, whip finish of the head, cement, cement the head down, and then the last step here, you want to bring this fly to life a little bit. You need to take your pick and pick out, the, uh, pick out some of the uh, squirrel on both sides. Brings the fly life, it brings it movement, 
and this thing's guaranteed to catch fish on any of your spring creeks and free stoners. It's a very buggy looking fly. And we got pictures of it, so we'll post that. And I like how you gave us the, the tail length, because a lot of people don't really know how to, to do the tails on a lot of nymphs. Do them too big. Again, a lot of, since our spring creeks are so clear and all, they get a very good look at the nymphs. Like if you would take a look at my sulfur nymph and compare it, sulfur nymphs are fat, stalky, chubby, short tail, and that's exactly what's in that pattern. That's uh, that same imitation, short tail, heavier body. Very cool. And um, where can people find you online, get your book, get your claw dads, get your flies? I can be found at uh, fallingsprings.com. Very cool, Mike. And how many years is the show is this for you now? Uh, I, this is my fifth year at the show. I've been. Uh, this is my 18th season as a professional fishing guide. Congrats, man. Living the dream. Yep. Thank you, man. C- corporate world sucks. Everyone's got to avoid it. <laughs> so next to Mike, we have another Mike, Mike Schmidt. So I guess this is alphabetical order between the two of you. But Mike's a tire out of Columbus, Ohio. Let's talk about your flies, what you do. The shops you work with, and um, you articulate. I see you got some. You got big flies, so you're not fishing for little fish. I'm assuming. No, no. I I like to throw big flies for big fish. Ideally, um, I do. I tie in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, my company is Angler's Choice Flies. Uh, I do a lot of work with a couple of different shops in the area. I teach a lot of the fly tying classes for Mad River Outfitters. Um, I tie a whole catalog of traditional patterns. Uh, I do a lot of custom work too, but my my heart and soul goes into tying streamers because that's just the way that I like to fish. Uh, so I, I do, you know, you do a lot of single hook patterns, but most of the stuff that I tie is in the six to twelve inch range and an articulated. Uh, so, so you got two hooks, and it gets you a lot of great motion in the water. What are you fishing for over there with these monstrosities? Uh, well, locally we've got a lot of a lot of smallmouth. Uh, we do have a couple rivers that have uh, some nice browns. Um, so I get out on the west side of town is the Mad River, and on the north side of town is a Clear Fork. So I'll go out in the fall and in the spring with full sinking lines and throw six to seven inch streamers for browns in a river that average only seven to eight inches. So most people look at me like I'm crazy, but I'm not there to catch the little guys. I'm there to catch the fish that are coming out to eat meat. I was told about Alum Lake, Alum Creek. Creek. So there's there's a park there that's got some big fish. Yeah, Alum Creek's a big reservoir right outside of the city. Uh, it's got some fantastic bass fishing, but really what interests me more out there is the muskie fishing. Um, there's some good muskie in the lake, and there's a lot of muskie that have really congregate right below the dam. Uh, in the spring, it's kind of cool. You can go whenever there's a, a water event. The only clean water below the dam is right in the spillway. And then it gets chocolatey in the river. So you'll get, walk down and stand in the spillway and, and just see musky all over the place hanging out in the spillway in the clean water. If you told me that 11 years ago when I first started going to Columbus, I wouldn't be hanging out in my in-law's house watching TV all the time. <laughs> oh, it's, it's pretty amazing to see. It's funny because you'll get out there and it's all types will be there. You'll, you'll have people just standing there watching. You'll have guys throwing giant plugs all the way down to guys trying to dead drift you know, a little cut bait fish and see if they can get these musky to hit. Um, but that time, that's, that's the only place you can see them like that, and it's just because they get the gills irritated so badly by the sediment in the water that they have to get into that clean water to get out of it. That's very interesting. That's, that's mental note. People write that down. And you're tying on the Regal Vice that spins. So I, I've seen this before. Uh, Pilecast.net guy ties with one. Yeah, so... Uh, 
Can you tell me about this vice and why I'm probably going to upgrade to it soon? Um, yeah, I tell you, it's the Regal Revolution, and it's and it's just an amazing vice. I've tied on a lot of different vices for a lot of the, for the last decade or so. I tied on a different vice that I had no problems with. Um, it was a cam jaw, and this is a lever jaw. So this, for me, as a production tire, is much faster. It's a very strong jaw, and it, yes, it is a it, it is a um, a rotary vice. But I very rarely use the rotary function to add materials to the hook. I use it more so that I can view the fly from all angles. Um, and more easily tie on throats for patterns, for example, or tie stuff on the underside of the hook. Um, but it is a true rotary vise. It is in line, so it's uh, very similar in that respect to like a Norvice. Uh, your hook is always, always on center. So if you wanted to take the pressure off of it and make it spin, you could just take the cam completely down, hit it, hit the back end of it, and it'll just spin almost endlessly until you want to stop it. I want one. So you got this big streamer right here. It's yellow. Is this by any chance called the Columbus Gold? No. I wish I'd have thought of that. That would be fantastic. That's that, that one is the uh, the Red October, uh, which is the weighted version of the Red Rocket. I was still fishing. And these articulations, where, are you getting these yourself? Are you making these? Um, well, yeah. The, the ones that you're ho- hanging on to there were actually made for me by uh, John Collins, who's a guy here in, uh, in Jersey. Um, he... For the last about five or six years, he's been making articulated shanks out of um, chimney sweep bristles. So, yeah, these shanks here, they're four inches long, and they're made out of 280-pound chimney chimney wire. Um, so I, I use those for some of my really big flies. And then most of the stuff that I'm articulating, I'm using uh, Beetalon, which is a beading wire, uh, to make the connection points. So I use, it's 19 strand. Um, anything that's under 6 inches, I use the dot zero one eight inch, um, which has pretty high braking strength, much higher. I mean, you're going to break your fly line before you break the connection. And then anything over 6 inches, we swap up to the dot zero two four inch. Um, and it's not because you want extra braking strength. It's just so that it's a stiffer, heavier connection that will hold that tail in line better so it doesn't fall out. Speaking of breaking, you said due to the, the cold nature, I mean, it's freaking freezing here, Mr. Bigglesworth, that you're breaking line because you can't feel the tension? Yeah, it's, you know, it is really, really cold here. We're in a corner that's right by the loading dock door, and it's uh, it's where a lot of the vendors are going in and out of the exit to go have a smoke and get outside. So being that it's about 9 degrees out, my vice is absolutely freezing. My hands are freezing, and when I tie... I always have my thread so that the thread's coming over the spool right under my thumb so I can control the tension on the bobbin. And when I'm, when I'm pulling down and really tightening on, on the bobbin, tightening down on material, with my thumb I can feel that thread stretch and I can feel when it stops to stretch and feels like it's about to pop so that I don't generally break my thread very often. Today it's been the opposite. I've broken my thread probably every five minutes or so because my fingers are so cold I can't feel the thread stretch. Do you have a preference for the thread brand and strength you use? Yeah, absolutely. I use nothing but UTC 140 denier for all of my streamers. Um, it's it's heavy enough that you don't break it very often. Um, I even spin, I spin deer hair with it with no problem for the most part. 
um, but it's it's light enough that you don't build up a bunch of extra bulk. Um, they UTC in the same ultra thread also makes uh, 70 denier, which I use for a lot of my smaller flies and nymphs, and they make a 210 denier thread as well. It's just not as many colors. Um, so for a lot of people that are starting out, they'll start using that 210 so they don't break it. And then they end up finding that they back down to the 140. It's a good in-between. The 140 denier is basically the same size as the old 3-aught thread for guys that have been tying for a while. Where can we find you online? Uh, the website is anglerschoiceflies.com. All right. Thanks for uh, talking with us. And uh, the motto behind you for Clear Cure Goo is what? Goo is the poo. Keep calm and? Don't trout set. There we go. All right. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Uh, one last question. Um, is it true you used to play for the Phillies? <laughs> I wish, because if I did, I could do this full time. <laughs> Very nice. All right. Thanks so much. <laughs> so we've got Scott here from VitaVu, and these guys have been getting a pretty big buzz in the last year online. See you guys on Instagram. And uh, so let's talk about your product, where it's made, and Basically, I think you guys kind of got big at the big fly fishing show in Reno last year. That's sort of where your name took off. Yeah, definitely. We went out for Reno, and we really were exhibiting kind of our products, which were really a multi-use, multi-function product line. Everything from small little chest pack, kind of a lanyard alternative, all the way up to the day packs we'll carry out for, for, you know, two-hand casting or otherwise, or a longer day on the water. But our core product is the Tightline Sling, and, you know, it's a sling that's unlike any other out there because it's this modular system that lets you kind of cater to the point where you get to the river and you let the river tell you how you're going to fish. And then the pouches can come off and swap. You can pick a pouch that's already pre preloaded with the flies that you need, kind of grab them, connect it quickly to your system, and then you're off and going. And there's nothing up front to get your line tangled on and get in the way. You pull it around to where you're, you know, when you're ready to tie on a new fly or to dock to your lineup, and it keeps all your tools right in front of you, organized and easy to get to. Your tippet's right there. Your flies are right there. So it's like a kind of like a mobile assembly line on the river where you can grab your stuff, get done quick, and then get back in the water. So it's, you know, it's been awesome. Everything is made in the USA. I do a lot of the sewing myself, and uh, the fabric we use is a Rhode Island woven fabric, thousand in air Cordura, super durable, um, all the buckles, all the hardware, all the webbing, like everything we use is, is American source. So for us, I mean, like when we put the flag on something, we want it to stand for something, you know, and be referential to, you know, the people that, that work hard to try and make the country great and, you know, like us are trying to, to make a good living for their families and then keep trucking forward. As I'm talking to you, the, the flag is right there, <laughs> made in the USA. These have those old commercials, it matters to me and people to open up their shirt so yeah it's that's good you guys are doing that yes sir definitely and uh like guys like from project healing waters have been super supportive obviously we're trying to do a lot with them to try and help out with the vets and make sure that people are understanding that you know that you know servicemen overseas coming home need to be remembered and for the service and the, the thing that they do too which is great and uh certainly i've gotten a lot of support from them guys like alan folger working with tu trying to help more with the vets coming back he does a lot of t-shirt work for us artwork and otherwise like this fish here that we've got laying here in our booth but i mean it it's just such a fun experience to be able to put this stuff together and to remember the days when I had the $700 left in the bank and bought a sewing machine for $300 on Craigslist and another $300 with the fabric and taught myself to sew in my garage, you know? And here we are three months or three years later just kicking butt. So it's yeah, very cool. What does the name mean? Yeah, it's a good question. Vitavu is actually a state park in my home state of Wyoming. 
I was born and raised in Casper on the North Platte, but went to school at the university down in Laramie. And Vitavu is about 15 minutes outside of town, and there's where I caught my first fish on a fly rod. There's a string of beaver ponds out back that are just unbelievable. And, you know, I spent a lot of time out there learning and casting and having a great time. So it was the ideal name for me, just remembering the good times. The mountain range over your logo, is that from Wyoming also? It is, yeah. That's the Tetons. I, uh, I spent a lot of time in Jackson, obviously fishing the snake and the buffalo tributaries and unbelievable place. My, my lady's actually from Moran, just outside of Jackson as well. So, you know, it's, it's home. I still regret it was the weekend before I met my wife. I got an offer to move to Jackson Hole to run a fly shop, and I was like, ah, I just met this cool chick. Maybe 10 years marriage this year, but I haven't been there since 87 or 88, and I didn't really fly fish that much then, so I'm, I got to get back. Yeah, definitely. It's an amazing place, so yeah, for sure. If you ever go back out there, let me know, and we'll see what we can do back in New York. We'll do, and then I also saw something about maybe it's a mountaineering bag you guys are making. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, definitely. We're actually uh, building a pack right now on a custom basis for a guy who's climbing uh, Mount Everest in March. So, I mean, yeah, we can kind of do the full range of spectrum, a lot of custom work. But for him to be able to carry our logo to the summit of the highest peak in the world, I mean, I'm, in, I'm on cloud nine right now. I'm thrilled at the concept. So it's awesome. That's very cool. And you got a pretty good wide color variety here, too. Yeah, definitely. We started out with black and tan, kind of keeping it simple. All the guys hankering back to the Guinness days, you know. But uh, as we've evolved, we've added colors like red, orange, and yellow for the brighter colors out there. But, you know, the, lately the olive, this new olive green that we've got here is a really nice color. A lot of guys have been picking this up today, really popular. And then, obviously, a little something for everybody, depending on your style. Very cool. And uh, what else? Where can we find you guys online? Yeah, we're on vitavu.com. There's a lot of videos. If you want to check out our stuff, check out the YouTube and just search for Vitavu or Vitavu Gear. Uh, Instagram, we have a following there. Facebook, Twitter. I mean, pretty much wherever you go online, you, know, you should be able to find us there. But there's been some great reviews on like uh, a number of the blogs, you know, and uh, obviously well worth reading out. So appreciate your support. Thanks for thanks for joining. Because I had questions about you guys, I didn't know much other than what I saw. So it was. It's cool to learn some more. Now you guys out there know as well. <laughs> exactly. Thanks so much for your time. Appreciate it. You want to say hi, Chris? How's it going, everybody? Thanks for all the support. All right, all right. Let's, uh, let's go see who else we can go harass. Take two. All right, we got Scott with FishingPorn.com. He's also with Stealthcraft Boats. How's it been going since last year? It's a good show. It was busy, crazy busy yesterday. People standing outside trying to get in. So it's a, it's a good show. Good show so far. Good turnout. It looks like your ink has all uh, been polished off. You got some new stuff this year? Yeah, we got uh, Eric Hornig over at uh, Anti-Electric Tattoo did uh, did a trout on my forearm. And uh, it'll probably be on Fishing Porn, so you can check it out on Facebook. Um, but yeah, it's about five hours. Got it done. So yeah. Very cool. I still have major boat envy. Every time you post on Facebook, <laughs> like, damn, I got this total beater of a drift boat. Yeah, we brought a 16-foot uh, Superfly. Uh, it's a carbon bomb that's got a carbon Kevlar wrap on it. Um, it's actually embedded. Uh, seats four guys and uh, oars, anchors. Got a power winch on it, headlights, interior lights. 
uh, could have a stereo, but we just didn't put one in this model. Uh, yeah, so we can we can pimp them out, have a good time. It's like a, a Land Cruiser of drift boats. Yeah, it's like a caddy. Yeah, it's like you're it's like you're in Detroit in a caddy going down the river. Uh, get lots of looks on them, lots of lots of comments, and uh, lots of boat envy. How's the fishing been in Michigan the last couple months? Last year, not bad. Uh, salmon were decent this year for the fall. Uh, steelhead, um, fall steelhead's been pretty good. We've had a real mild winter, uh, so we've got some pretty good action going on right now. Um, it's pretty cold right now; it's kind of tapered off, but uh, yeah, it should be a good spring. So hopefully, it'll get some get some to the net. And where'd you get these taffies from? Because I'm going to want to get some myself. Uh, we got them at uh, Target, I think. I think Mike bought like a grab bag of uh, stuff from Target. It was a late night run when we first got to town. <laughs> and it took me the second day that this candy dish is shaped like the state of Michigan. Yeah, it's the mitt, dude. Yeah, it's shaped like a mitt. So How's the sticker business going? You guys got some pretty clever. The 0.0 is just... <laughs> we, uh, it was uh, it was a, cooked up over a campfire beer in uh, cold weather. And, uh, yeah, came up with a 0.0. Uh, I, uh, running sucks, I fish. D.C., Everybody has 13.1, 26.2. I'm like, dude. I, no, that's, yeah, and that, that, was a whole, that was a whole funny thing because it's like a lot of, we just don't, we roll, and we roll miles and miles a day, and uh, we figured we needed a little a little kickback to the running community and give them a little, a little crap, so it worked out pretty well. <laughs> How can we get your stickers online? Uh, fishingporn.com. Uh, we've got a whole online store. Uh, we've got a bunch of new stuff we're rolling out in the next month or so. We've got a good salmon sticker that's coming out. Uh, we've got T-shirts. got some... Uh, got some glassware we're coming out with. Just a bunch of offensive fishing-related stuff. So. And we can find you on social media as well? Yeah, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on Pinterest, uh, just uh, fishing porn. We try to use that name for pretty much any social stuff. I have not figured out the Pinterest yet. It's cool. It's in, it, it, We were laughing because it's actually like, uh, Eric was like, dude, it's like a, it's like a scrapbooking. Which, it, it, it's a digital scrapbooking, so it is kind of strange in that respect but but it's cool i mean like you know, browse around and you can tag photos and they go on your little scrapbook page on pinterest but we've got a lot of action off that got a lot of people following us so it's it's pretty cool maybe it's time for this guy to get on uh on pinterest now yeah, i think you should <laughs> all right thanks for joining us we'll check back in a year right all right all right how's it going hi so this guy's wearing a sandwich board that says hi um, Chicha Chong movies. What do you think about those? Very high. If you're uh, sitting in a helicopter overlooking um, a mountain, probably high. If you're on the swings and you're getting a lot of momentum, dangerously high. If you climb Mount Everest, really, really, really high. And you catch a uh, wild buck steelhead, you're going to feel <laughs> emotionally high. I like it. Any last words of wisdom? Fish Pennsylvania. So we're with Artie of the Cortland Line Company, and uh, if you listen to the podcast, you know that my first two fly rods were from Cortland. They were the kits, and I'm still fishing today. Lost probably the biggest rainbow of my life on the Dreamstream on my eight and a half foot five weight on a mouse pattern. Bounced off the bottom, so we thought it was like a uh, drowned mouse. So enough of my talking. Let's talk to Artie here. Let's talk about the company, new ownership, new management, and this is a pretty fantastic uh, booth. I feel like I'm in a lodge right now. Yeah, you want to help us take it down tomorrow? Heck no. It's a yeah, it's a great looking booth. It's I we're in two two or four um, booth spots, so it takes up a lot of room. But it's a 
it's a good way to let people know that Cortland's back and Cortland's ready for the future, you know, whatever that holds. And the, the new management is definitely excited to push Cortland as much as it's ever been pushed. So the, the 444 has kind of been the standard line for a long time. What do we have new? I mean, you've got a couple dozen different lines out in front of me right now. Yeah, the 444 is definitely um, the line that people talk about the most here. We have people coming in saying that I've had this line for 30 years and I'm still fishing it. And <laughs> it's funny to hear those stories, but it's also it's also a good thing. Um, some of our newer products um, are definitely geared towards trout, such as the Competition Nymph line. The Trout Boss is a line we're very excited about. Um, and for... The tropical waters, we have the liquid crystal. It's a clear floating fly line. Uh, a lot of people like that. Use it for tarpon, bonefish, permit. So those are probably the three new products that we're most excited about. We're trying to push and really trying to market this upcoming year. Looks like we got a camouflage line right here for a sinking line right here, this one. Yeah. That, so the different sections are different colors? Well, what happens in this line, this is a, this is a intermediate sinking line, and we dye the monofilament core in different colors. We dye it in four different sections, four different colors. And when it's spooled up in a, in a fly line, it comes in this camo color, which is where we got the name for our one of our best-selling fly lines, the Clear Camo Intermediate. Um, that line has become a staple for stillwater fishing um, throughout the United States and even in other parts of the world. So, Very nice. And we got some salmon steelhead. That, that two-handed line, this, two-handed rod? This actually isn't a two-handed line. Um, it's got a very aggressive taper, though, so if you were using a single-handed rod, you could turn over a lot of big indicators. Um, it's great for nymphing. Uh, turn over the split shot you need. You know, so In some of the Great Lakes tributaries, you really need to get down. So that's what that's really intended for. We do have some double-handed lines that are going to be new for this upcoming year, um, such as the Compact Switch. It's a Skagit-style shooting head with an integrated running line. Um, we've gotten a lot of good feedback about that. 25 to 28-foot heads, depending on the size you get, anywhere from 240 to 485 grains. So it covers a good spread of, of lines and and uh, rods to match them up with. You guys for a while had the line to mimic old silk lines for people with bamboo rods that had small guides. Do you still have that line? We still do have it. We've sold the most. We've probably sold those out of any... <clears throat> sold the most of those this show than anything else. Uh, we still have it. It's one of our best-selling fly lines. It's the 444 Classic Silk line. It has a fine diameter like like um, like Natural Silk does. It has a nice supple feel. And guys with glass rods and bamboo rods really, really love it. They swear by it. And we've sold a couple today just by you know telling them that it replicates in the feel of Natural Silk. So people are people really like it. Very nice. What else in addition to, to lines you guys got going? You still got the Rimfly reel? Um, the Rimfly, that was designed, you know, before I got there. Uh, That's from, like, the Reagan era. That's when I got mine. Yeah, that was – I've been at Cortland for a couple years now, and that was before before my time. Um, I think with the new management, um, Cortland's going to take kind of a step back from the rods and reels. Not to say we won't do them anymore, but we're going to shift the focus on lines and get our line series the way we want them in a – comprehensible sequence so then we feel it's a little bit confusing right now so we're going to kind of straighten that out first and then we're maybe in a couple years we'll revisit the rods and reels and kind of get that squared away 
So if I break my rod, we still got warranty coverage? Absolutely. You still get lifetime warranty on um, rods and reels and lines from Cortland Line Company. So Very cool. My, that rod's all, approaching almost 30 years. Yeah. I still fish it. It's just got this action on it that it's so soft. Any fish feels huge. Yeah, we, uh, we've definitely had a good run of products over the years that we still get people swearing by and we still get people bugging us to keep producing or to uh, come back out with and you know it's it's tough sometimes to say no because you can see how attached they are to that product but I uh, you know it's tough being that you can't make everybody happy sometimes what is this machine that's twirling in the corner I just noticed that is a mini braiding machine we actually have a room in Cortland called our braider room which has over 2,500 of those and they are much bigger. They go much faster. When those bigger braiders back at the Cortland factory are going at full speed, they make about 7 to 10 inches of braid per hour. So think about that when you have to make like a 5,000-yard spool of backing. It needs to be one continuous strand. You can't have any breaks, any pulls, anything like that. Um, so that takes a long time to produce. I would definitely get my fingers or something caught in that. Yeah, um, that one right there is an 8-carrier braider. We actually have some that are 16 carriers and some that are 32. So watching those is, you get pretty memorized easily watching that. Can you braid your hair with those? <laughs> I, I wouldn't recommend it. I know that's one of the ways that you can get injured pretty good doing that. I remember all those warnings from shop class. Don't wear your necktie near this. So I'm like, why am I wearing a necktie in 8th grade anyway, dude? <laughs> and there's a green one in the middle. They all look silver, but there's like a green they're actually all white, and that line that's being made is our Dacron Green Spot. It's a sport fishing line for conventional tackle. Um, that green is mainly for visibility. We also do a black spot. Uh, we do some private label braids and stuff where it's any colors, any colors that uh, the customer wants. So we have a lot of capabilities at Cortland. Very cool. Any uh, highlights from the show so far? You got the casting pond sort of. It's kind of blocked now. Why did they do that this year? You can't see anything. Yeah, I'm not really sure. This is my first time at Somerset. Um, I would say the highlight of the show is definitely the booth <laughs> for us because it's it's big and the, the peak in the front goes up about 15 feet or so. Um, and other than that, I'd say it's an overwhelming, just positive uh, encouragement from the fly fishing industry, being that Cortland is still around and that they were recently purchased and people saying that they're glad that Cortland is still here. It's good to see you guys. So that's that's good to hear throughout the industry. It's like Cortland 2.0. Yeah, you could think about it that way, like Cortland like version 2.0. Yeah. And where can we find you online? You guys still active on Twitter also? We are active on Twitter. We are active on Facebook. We have a blog. Um, we are starting to expand into other things like Instagram. So definitely keep an eye out on Cortland Line. Uh Follow us at Court, at Cortland Line at Twitter and Cortland Line Company or yeah Cortland Line Company on Facebook, and um, our blog is CortlandLine.blogspot.com. Very cool. Thanks for joining us. No problem. Thanks, Rob. So we have Eric Lund. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Yes, you are. Just just like the boats, Lund. And you're from. I can't even pronounce. Like, you pronounce it, and then I'll learn it. It's Esnagami Wilderness Lodge. And that's up in uh, north, uh, northern Ontario, Canada. It looks like from the pictures here, we've got some mo- monster northerns, some monster brook trout, some monster walleye. Uh, it just looks like all around monster-sized fish where you are. Uh, well, 
we get big fish for sure. We've been in a catch and release trophy program for over 25 years now. So we have taken care of our big fish, big brood stocks, the females. Uh, smaller fish, however, like walleyes in the pound and a half, the two pound class, they're the ones we use to uh, have the occasional shore lunch and, and, you know, enjoy a fish fry on occasion as well. But, uh, you know, these fish that far north, there's only five months of the year there is an ice on the lake. Given the chance, they'll live 20 to 30 years, and they can grow big. It's an old fish. Yes, yes definitely. And, and so it looks like from behind you've got a NRX rod strung up with a, a pretty big streamer pattern with a big shock tippet on it. So big flies, big fish? Definitely. Bigger is better when it goes to pike. And, and every time I try a new, uh, a new big pike fly, uh, I think, wow, this thing is too big. You know, I'll pull out another one that's an inch longer, you know, 8, 10 inches. And, uh, and that's why you need a 10-weight, good quality pole because, as you know, chucking that stuff out there, it can be work otherwise. But uh, definitely turns a bigger, a bigger animal, and uh, definitely if you want to target big fish, it's, it's worthwhile doing. You ever see one of those northerns that's got, like, another giant fish stuck in its throat? Uh, well, I have seen a photo that's gone around, uh, which uh, is actually out of Holland, if, if, if people have seen it. A lot of places have laid, laid claim to that, but it's a European uh, pike. But uh, mostly a uh, big pike with a walleye. That's usually what uh, some of our guests that are walleye fishermen will be bringing in a, in a walleye, and all of a sudden their pole will just bend in half. And it's, it's a northern that uh, grabs on, and then you know, they have a battle on their hands. It looks like you guys are fishing out of wooden, I wouldn't call them a drift boat, I wouldn't call them a dory. How would you describe these boats? Uh, these are, uh, are uh, kind of a unique uh, cedar strip boat. So uh, they're built by a family-run business in Canada. They make new ones to this day. It's third generation, and they're called Geisler boats. And uh, 18 foot in length, uh, about a 5 foot wide uh, beam on them. And just very quiet, sturdy, uh, a boat that you can get out in uh, a foot and a half, two foot of waves. You don't get the pounding on it. Uh, really a pleasure to fish from. And looks like there's a, a nice lodge. I'm seeing a good shore lunch. And you've got a lot of pictures. So that's helping me. you got a big shore lunch picture there with some float planes. And that lodge just looks like it's you'd want to live there full time. Yes, I do. I lived there over the summer. Unfortunately, there's only five months when there is an ice on the lake. So, uh, but uh, no, it's a really it's a remote destination. So you do need to get to it by float plane, and uh, so a short uh, about 25 minute float plane will bring you into the lake. And then uh, we have uh, natural pine log cabins, and you know it's rounded off with uh, inside bathrooms and showers, and uh, you know with excellent food. And uh, my wife uh, Sue and myself own and operate the lodge. We're there personally, and so we make sure that uh, everything that you uh, you would want in the way of fishing, accommodations, service is met to the best of our ability. How did you get into this line of work, having a lodge that far out? Well, always been a fisherman, even as a young kid. And uh, when I went to university, I worked as a guide at a couple of lodges and um, had a choice, actually, one summer between working uh, at a fishing lodge for about $750 a month, which I worked out to be about $2 an hour, or working at a, uh, an auto plant, making about $16 an hour. I followed my heart. I took the uh, fishing lodge job, and uh, at, uh, at 20 years old, I bought my own lodge, and that's all I've been doing my whole life. That's a good way to look back on the years and say, I didn't work in an office, hunched over, which is what I used to do. 
Absolutely, absolutely. It's it's you follow. I got lucky. I followed my dream and uh, really uh, did this because I love to fish. And as it's turned out, it's been a it's been a great livelihood. And uh, you know, I'd like to have another twenty five years in the business uh, going forward. Does your wife fish as well? Oh yes, yes, she does. She's uh, un- unfortunately she's a very competitive fisher fisher person though, and uh, so. I definitely have to watch what I do because if I start catching a couple of bigger fish, then you know it kind of goes downhill. But uh, both, both I have two children; they love fishing as does my wife, and we take time to do that. Uh, you know, we enjoy what we live in and uh, and, and get out on the lake and, and fish. So, uh, but she is definitely uh, loves to fish too. What do you do in the off season? Is it going to shows and just booking clients for those five months of sunshine? Uh, predominantly, uh, yes, I do a few shows. Um, about 85% of our business is repeat clientele, so you know we don't need to do too much of it. But uh, I tend to move a lot of the paperwork and administrative uh, work out of the summer as best as I can, kind of hide it under the desk, and that keeps me busy in the off-season, you know, catching up on that as well as some promotion uh, and so on. Where can we find you online, social media? How can people get a hold of you? You can uh, Google uh, Esnagami Lodge uh, or Nakina, Ontario. Uh, that's where we fly out of. And, you, and uh, we'll pop up in usually the top uh, eight or nine uh, selections. And from there, we'll bring you to a great website with a lot of interactive video. We've had a number of television shows done on the lodge. Uh, we have a Facebook place, uh, page as well, and, and lots of interaction between clients have been up there, sending photos, uh, telling stories. Uh, so that uh, you know, we're we're prominent on the internet. And uh, any chance you guys could take Bieber back for good? <laughs> Justin Bieber. I mean, people love that guy. I don't know if we want him back or not, but uh, I understand he does fish. So you know, we would consider it. Wow. You know, his ex girlfriend is a friend of the family, Selena Gomez. Is that right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, wow. my brother in law used to share a cube with her mom. So yeah, my brother in law actually knows her. Small world. We live uh, an hour away from where uh, Stratford, where uh, Justin Bieber is from. So, uh, you know, seven degrees of separation right there. Who knew a fly fishing consultant podcast would end up on a uh, Justin Bieber tangent? Well, thank you so much for uh, talking with us. And everybody go uh, click on those links and, and find, uh, find Eric online. All right. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. All right, we're catching up one year later with Will, and now we got Jonathan from Natural Retreats in Virginia as a part of the international locations. How have things been in the last year? Wonderful. Uh, you know, as it, anything that started up, it takes a little time, but we've uh, we've set a lot of goals and met a lot of them. So, um, you know, it's it's every year in the winter is time to, to kind of work on new things and. Jonathan's come aboard uh, recently and it's been a tremendous help in kind of guiding where our outfitting program as a whole internationally and is, is on the scale of Virginia Hot Springs, guiding that in the right direction. Jonathan, how are you finding Charlottesville? You, so you said Idaho via Jersey to Seaville? Yeah, uh, I've worked uh, at the South Fork Lodge property in Idaho for 14 years, but I'm a New Jersey born and raised guy and uh, came on with Natural Retreats full-time last year and uh, moved down to Charlottesville to the U.S. headquarters. 
And we're right now working on expansion and developing a destination fishing business. Uh, so it's it's a really exciting time for the company, and uh, a lot of things are in the works right now. We'll see some more natural retreat sites within the year. Are, are you single by any chance? No. You don't get to enjoy the co-eds down there. <laughs> no, my wife and three daughters would not appreciate that. You know the movie... Um the Noah's Ark movie was filmed in Crozet with uh, the what was that guy's name? Yeah, forty old virgin. Yeah, the forty old virgin guy. That movie was filmed. <laughs> well, everybody's got to be famous for something, I guess. Good pizza and forty year old virgin. Uh, you uh, you done any of the vineyard tours yet? No, I you know I'm just getting my feet on the ground there. So I've been there for a couple of months and uh, starting to learn my way around. And uh, so far, it seems like a really cool place. Is you know, all the stuff that's happening there with the university, uh, is lots of life. How do you like Bodo's? Oh, uh, the bagels. Bodo's bagels. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's like the absolute best stop in the morning. Yeah, for sure. Have you had spud nuts yet? <laughs> no, I don't know about spud nuts. They're donuts made from potato flour, and they're ridiculously good. Where, where do I get those? I don't remember. I don't know. I was probably drunk. My brother went to school there, and I would always go party with him. Well, okay, that's that's on the radar now. I'll be looking for spud nuts. His favorite Mexican place was Guadalajara, or known as the Guad in Charlottesville. Okay. I mean, mo- most of the, the places I've been checking out are, is the stuff on the downtown mall. That's, you know, our offices are right there, kind of in center, center town there. Uh, so most of my exploration has been in that area been out fishing yet uh i yeah i've done some fishing down in hot springs warm springs area uh, i'm from new jersey so i have been going fishing on the shenandoah for years uh bring my drift boat down there we do a lot of smallmouth fishing uh but as far as the immediate uh, charlottesville area i'm still trying to figure things out i'm gonna guess you got an inflatable drift boat if you're going to the shenandoah no i've got a, a hard side clack and i i fish it uh up like in the Winchester area, where it's a little bigger, and uh, I have no problem uh, getting around up there. I've yet to take my aluminum boat out, but if you're in Winchester, there's a place called Pax's Custard, P-A-X, best black cherry, black raspberry milkshake, man. <laughs> You've got all the inside knowledge. <laughs> I'm gonna uh, food, fly fishing and food, they kind of go together, yeah. for me at least. All, all the best things in life. Yeah. Right. Um. Yeah, I don't know if I, I can't think of any questions at the moment. How's the show going for you so far? Yeah, really good. I, you know, yesterday it was it was a little slower, but that's pretty normal for Friday. Uh, we had real busy times yesterday. Today we've been slammed. Uh, barely had a, a chance to sit down. Uh, I just got back from giving a presentation. Lots of people showing up, uh, so it's a good day. See any interesting people so far? Yeah, <laughs> plenty. Yes. Last year there was a the guy who looked like the old man from the, the cartoon Up, but I haven't seen him. Okay, we just talked about a guy. I didn't want to mention it, but he's got a very he's got a ninety degree mullet. If that makes sense. Yeah, he, I see him every year. Well, that, that's one of the best things about being in New Jersey. It's just the people watching. You know, they chew the gum differently up here too. <laughs> we do everything differently. <laughs> you got good food though. I'm telling you, man. You can't get subs and, and pizza like you can up here back in D.C. We went to Clyde's last night. Have you been there yet? 
the Clydes in which which one? In uh, New Brunswick. Not like the Clydes we have in D.C. Oh no, no, I never heard of it. Killer restaurant, bar, great food. Yeah, you got to check that out. I never been, but we checked we checked it out last night, and I highly recommend it. Very cool. And Will ate uh, Python raviolis last night. What? How'd that go down? Uh, amazing. You know, I had antelope, uh, carpaccio, and uh, all kind of good stuff there. So go get you a, a plate or something. Python raviolis, man. That's, I don't know, I had beef bourguignon last night, but it could have been something like reindeer. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, you, everything on that menu is, is a little exotic. It's, it's good, though. You have to check it out. Very cool. All right, guys. Well, I guess we'll see you at the Regina Fly Fishing Festival. Make sure to wear your layers because uh, it's always disgustingly cold and raining. <laughs> Colder than this? Dude, it's an outside tent. Enough said. We got six inches of rain two years ago, and it's 40 degrees. <laughs> so the, the tents were all flooded? Yeah, it was not fun. Yeah, they have wood uh, wood crates down on as the walkways because it was there so much rain. Wooden pallets, and then they had just... But they put straw down, so it's like just wet straw smell. But you're getting me really excited about this. <laughs> just wait for the dinner. That's good stuff. Foundation dinner. All right, we'll see you there. All right, and uh, just last time, where can we find you guys online? Uh, NaturalTreats.com. Very cool. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Rob. You guys were up in D.C. Passing through. So here's an addendum, addendum amendment to the podcast. Jonathan's got a cast jacket, and just the color choice of lime green over charcoal, and the, the logo caught my eye, so we're going to talk about that. Yeah, so I was uh, out at the Denver Fly Fishing Show uh, a few weeks ago, and I met up with Colby from uh, Cast, and he's got some great stuff going on. They're based in Idaho Falls. Uh, he's making killer rain jackets and puff jackets. He's got some really good gloves it's, that are perfect for steel headers, waterproof. Um, they're, they're kind of a young company. They're doing great things. Uh, you look in, in all the magazines and, uh, and some of the new films coming out, they're, they're getting all over the place, and uh, I'm behind them. Very cool. So it's hardcore gear made by hardcore anglers. That's right. I mean, everything they're doing is designed by by guys that have thought about it and based on needs they had when they were out in the cold fishing for steelhead. And uh, you know, it's it's nice to have gear that you know people have uh, have thought about and you know they know what you're going through when you're out there and they know what you need. Very cool. All right. Well, thanks for that amendment. All right. Let's see who I can go harass now. All right, let's do a uh, one-year follow-up with the guys from Allen Fly Fishing. How's it going since we last spoke? Doing great. Having a great show so far. Seeing you guys are uh, branching out now. Last year you had some rods, reels, and hooks, but now you've got, besides that, more artwork. you got uh, some fly tying tools as well. Yeah, we do have fly tying tools, uh, fly lines. We're working with a few artists that are designing shirts for us and just trying to uh, help them out by letting them sell some of their art here at the show with us. So. Just kind of got our hands in a lot of different places and completely updated our line from last year on our our rods and reels. Everything's brand new this year. Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing you guys, you know, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, a lot of pictures with your gear. And uh, you guys are doing a good job of, of showing your, uh, I guess, your pro athletes. There's, I know there's always that girl in the pictures. Yeah, that's uh, Camille. She's our pro staffer, and 
That's great for us. We uh... okay. So we're back. Um, so we were mentioning that you uh, on social media, you guys have um, like your pro staffers that you keep showing pictures of, which is great now because it's pictures of like sunny days and it's freaking freezing out. Yeah, the uh, pro staffer that's seen most uh, on our staff is Camille Eggdorf, who uh, is a guide up in Alaska and uh, in Montana, and just a freaking great angler. I mean, she can outfish any of us, and she's great to have on board and get feedback from. And, you know, we uh, pair her up with uh, Ian Majek, who has kind of a a uh, kind of an interesting place in a pro staff. He's not really a, a pro fisherman, but he's, he's a pro in the industry that does the media side of things, and he's somebody we really, uh, really back up to. So you see a lot of his uh, photography and work on our stuff as well. So we're going to get a few more people involved and kind of show off their talents for more of the people that are just known for guiding or fishing, you know, just trying to really show off a lot of the different professionals that are in this sport. And there seems to be a theme with the show this year about sort of guys like in our age, like we're considered like the young, I don't know, like cohorts of the fly fishing industry. But you, you're the branch that, or the hardcore fishermen that are developing their own products, which I'm seeing you know a lot more of. But you guys were sort of the first ones that I saw when I met you you know last year out casting in the parking lot. You want to talk about how you guys are like sort of becoming bigger in, in the market in the industry? Sure. Uh, you know the company's been around for several years now. I, I think five years. Uh, going on. I've been on the company for about two and a half years. I took over the product development uh, in 2009. And, uh, you know, we're really trying to find our, we've, you know, we took a while to find our place in the industry and what it is, what we are good at. And now uh, we're, we have reels and rods and stuff like that, that I think compete with a lot of other great brands out there. And, and, but we, we approach things differently in the way we deal with the, uh, the customer one-on-one, and, you know, I'm the guy that designs the reels and the rods and stuff like that. And, you know, anybody that buys one can email me and have a response back within a, a couple hours. And that's kind of the approach we're trying to take as a real personable approach. Instead of just being a brand, like this big brand that everybody sees, you know, that we want to be seen as a couple guys that, you know, you can go have dinner with, have a beer with, and, and hang out and go fishing with. You know, that's that's us. Real approachable, good the customer service is firing right back at you, which is good. Uh, and, and also now I've got all your stuff on Pro Guide Direct, so I send all my customers there. Any uh, more products you guys might be able to? Like, how does that work? Do you decide you want to put like new reels up? Contact Pro Guide Direct, and they they do it for you. Well, honestly, I'm not too involved in that. Um, that's the the sales side of things, and that's not really my my department. Um, our uh, operations are the ones that are kind of been dealing with that, and they kind of they kind of work direct with them and figure out what to carry and stuff like that. So. Again, not really my department, but the Pro Guide Direct has been a great place for us to get our stuff seen by by other people that otherwise would not have stumbled onto our website. What can we expect in the next couple months into seeing you guys here next year? New rods, real colors, uh, more, I guess, specific niche lines? Um, yeah, we're just going to expand a little bit more. You know, we're very content with the uh, the product line we have now and really want to keep that as a stable lineup of products for the next coming years. And, uh, you know, really don't see any ways to improve on what we have right now at the price. But, you know, we might add a few more rod models. We are going to add a couple more sizes of, uh, of reels. Our Kraken series, which has become our, our by far our best-selling reel, um, really surprised us. You know, it's a great reel, but you expect the trout stuff to be the best-selling. But our big saltwater reel is, has been really what's put us on the map in the last few months. And we're going to be adding some more, uh, some more colors and uh, 
we'll say a new model of that that's going to be coming out by the middle of this year. They can't really say too a whole lot out a uh, whole lot about, but there's going to be more coming from that series soon. Would there be any interest in a digital camo reel? I like digital. I'm wearing some now. <laughs> you know, I hadn't really thought about it, but it's not a terrible idea. Yeah, I do like the digicam. I'm trying to get someone to make me a kayaking jacket with the rubber gaskets in the neck and digicamo because mine is bright yellow now. It keeps me dry, but I look like a goon on the river. Yeah, I mean, doing doing reels and those kind of colors are definitely something we would like to do. Uh, our anodization pro- process right now would be a little interesting to work with with that, but once we get that kink worked out, you know, we'd like to start working with some of our artist series stuff and, the, you know, like you say, some camo or something like that that hasn't really been done that I've seen on a reel yet. So, yeah, I mean, we're always open to trying stuff. But we know our limits. <laughs> How's the show been for you guys? Are you know, in a pretty popular lane here with other rod designers? Oh, absolutely. I mean, a lot of these guys are all making great stuff. I mean, we're we're not going to say we we do things better than a lot of other companies. You know, we're all we're all kind of going for the same thing. And you know, we guys got got guys down the uh, aisle from us here, like Mystic, doing fantastic rods and uh, Nautilus reels, doing some of the best reels out there, in my opinion. You know, we're just trying to do things a little differently, not trying to step on people's toes and copy products and and undercut. You know, we're trying to come in at our own price with our own products and and you know approach the customer differently and you know just kind of hit things from a different angle and uh it's been working for us we see a lot of the people that we saw last year you know and you know know people by name and that's been going over real real well for us and sales have really reflected that this year for us where are you guys headed after this show uh just down the street from me basically uh we'll be in linwood washington uh, in two, three weeks from now, which is about a half hour from my house. So it'd be nice to be close to home. Very cool. Well, thanks so much. And if you guys need any other stuff, uh, Pro Guide Direct. And where can we find you guys on all the social media and website? AllenFlyFishing.com is our website. We can read up on our products. And then uh, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you know, all the social medias. I think we have a Google Plus as well. <laughs> Very cool. Well, thank you so much, and uh, I guess we'll check in, if not before then, next year. Yeah, looking forward to it. Thanks again. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are here with Bill from Spirit River, providers of excellent fly tying materials, and we have the UV stuff we need to talk about. So, Bill, introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Bill Black from Spirit River. I own Spirit River, and we've got a, a great new line of UV2 materials. The UV2 materials uh, consist, they're, they're basically hairs, feathers, and furs, where we uh, do a double dye process, where we dye them in uh, both UV fluorescence and UV reflectance. What people don't realize is UV reflectance, which is beyond our wavelength to see, is very, very prominent in the animal and the insect world. As an example, uh, mayflies have a very, very strong UVR, natural UVR, in their wings, and a lot of times trout will key in on that. Uh, male pheasants have a really strong natural UVR in their bright, shiny feathers. Female uh, pheasants can look at that male and see the UVR signature on that male and tell how healthy it is. So it's really quite prominent. And is this uh, pretty much your technology that you guys have nailed down on the market? It is. Right now, it's patent pending. Um, it's a, Again, it's a double-die process that I can't really discuss how, how much we do. <clears throat> the fluorescent process alone, um, a lot of the dye companies really, really keep that top secret. We've tried for a couple of years to find out the exact 
thing that fluoresces materials, and now we know, so we're using that as well. All right, let's talk about intruder flies right now. That seems to be a big thing on East Coast steelhead that's coming over from the West Coast, and it's, uh, you know, the catalogs will have a certain section of just your materials, specifically for steelhead patterns. Can you talk about how your materials were sort of blown up and, uh, in that genre of fly tying? Yeah, uh, <clears throat> we're starting to um, tie and fish. We're starting to commercially tie a lot of intruders. Uh, we've got some pretty pretty neat patterns ourselves. There are proprietary patterns. Um, we've got some really really nice um, uh, spay hackle. It's that's in UV two as well, um, and it's very similar to heron. Basically, it's a very nice stripped down um, peacock. And once it's stripped and bleached, then we dye it, and then we uh, submerge it in UV, the UV two process. Um, so that's really good. We've also got some new shanks that you can use that are becoming quite popular, and they're fairly inexpensive. They're about four inches long. They've got a, a straight eye on them. Um, you can put those in your vise and tie your UV2 or your intruder and then just go in there and cut that off, and, and it's working out real well. And then, obviously, we have a lot of our different dubbings. We've got UV2 dubbings, uh, one in particular called CLX that a lot of guys are picking up on. Um, traditionally, they would use our Diamond Bright, or our light bright on intruders. So, you know, we've got the full lineup. It seems that the Rhea feather, which is a large bird from South America, is becoming popular more now in the, in the intruder. I guess it's like the hacklet ties in the top. And you seem to be the guys that are the ones to, to purchase it from. Yeah. Um, no, actually, we're not. We, don't, we have a tar- hard time getting Rhea. Scratch that, what I said, guys. <laughs> yeah, no, Rio's hard to come by. Um, but we are processing a lot of ostrich. We're doing tip-dyed ostrich, and we're coming out with a new bleached ostrich, which is very, very similar to Rhea at a fraction of the price. So look forward to that. And your display here kind of reminds me of like a science fair high school project. I'm not dissing you guys, but it's, it's interactive. So you guys can show people what the products look like in the daylight we got coming in and the fluorescent versus the UV. Can you tell us about this little box contraption here? Yeah, we've got basically a black box, and we've got panels of tying materials, some that are processed uh, in UV2 and some that are just natural materials. And what we do is we have a black light mounted inside that box, and when consumers walk up, we open up the lid and we show them that you can look at the material plate and you can't see any difference between the normal materials and the UV2 process. Sometimes on some marabou, it dulls it down just a little. And then we put those plates back in there and we have peepholes in the top. And uh, consumers can look down in there under the fluorescent light. They can see the colors. Then we turn off the fluorescent light and we'll hand them a UV2 flashlight. And sometimes under the UV2 flashlight, or, you know, they can see uh, completely, not a completely different color, but a, a slightly different color on those uh, UV2 materials. So it is, it is, uh, it's real interesting to look at. It grabs a lot of people's attention. And, and I think the surprising thing is very little science has been done on this. Uh, I've read a lot of different articles and books on this, and there's a lot of people that contradict each other. You know, one book will say ultraviolet light doesn't travel through salt water, and the next book will show a picture of uh, uh, fluorescent chartreuse that's 50 feet away that glows like a spotlight. You know, it's, it's crazy. So 
we're still looking at all this, and I'm not making any false claims about this stuff being the greatest thing ever. However, I do really honestly feel that this is just another tool in an angler's toolbox. Um, it's probably as important as size, silhouette, and motion. This is just another form of color. So uh, I think anglers would be wise to play with this stuff. And, and I think it's very useful in uh, particularly saltwater uh, on cloudy days. That was my question. I was going to ask about different different uh, wavelengths of light coming through cloudy, dusk, early morning. So uh, how does it change throughout the day from a fish's perspective? Well, that we don't really know yet. Uh, there's, there's a lot more testing going on. You're going to be seeing... I've gotten a lot of the UV2 materials into some of the some of the better fly tires and riders in the country. So you're going to start seeing a lot of articles coming out, a lot more questions probably than answers on it. And again, we're here and we're at the very forefront of this, and we're going to continue to do so, and we're going to really press it. Um, I've had a couple really good uh, guides from Louisiana at our trade show come by, and they thought there was a lot of application for this in the saltwater. Now. Again, the research is still out. Uh, some of the earlier research suggested that a lot of fish lose the rods and cones in their eyes that can perceive a lot of the UVR or the UV fluorescence. Now, more recent studies have shown that those rods and cones have kind of shifted off into the peripheral, and those fish really can still see it. So there again, the science comes and goes on this stuff, and nobody's spent a lot of time on it. Nobody really knows. And when you're not at Somerset on the weekends at the show, where do you call home? Roseburg, Oregon, or, or basically Glide, Oregon. I live on the beautiful, wild, and scenic North Umpqua River where there's a lot of wonderful salmon and steelhead fishing. I have drift boats coming in front of my house. I have my own drift boat. <clears throat> the put-in's about two minutes up from me, and the takeout's about five minutes down below me. So it's a lot of fun. It's a great place to live. I, I took over the old Umpqua Feather Merchants building. Kind of my history was my brother and I started Umpqua Feather Merchants many, many years ago. And in 1990, we split apart and I set up Spirit River. So Spirit River's conception came in 1990. We put it all together and started with just a few flies from overseas. That's what I did at Umpqua Feather Merchants was I worked with the factory, set the factories up, lived overseas. You know, uh, I went out and bought a lot of the materials and flies that sort of thing, taught all the fly tires. Um, and so I took all that knowledge and wrapped it into Spirit River. So we sell probably 70% of our um, sales. We're a wholesale-only company. However, we are putting together a retail website because um, we have so many uni- so many SKUs and so many types of products, no dealer can really carry it all. <clears throat> so I've wrapped all that up, and we sell about 70% materials and 30% flies. What kind of drift boat do you have? I have a very old Lavro drift boat. It's dilapidated. I got the wheels falling off the boat trailer. <laughs> I've got an Aluma weld from Oregon, so everyone out east is like, what is that? I'm like, if you were out west, you'd recognize this boat. Uh, any kind of aluminum boat I consider pretty cold. I like fiberglass. It's a little warmer, and we tend to, I tend to hit a lot of rocks and aluminum sticks. And I slip over the top of them, for the most part. Sometimes I do a few 360s. If I told you what I paid for my drift boat new, though, you'd be amazed. How much? 3000 with trailer. Never been in the water. Can I have one? Actually, Fletcher sold out of them. They, 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 there were six of them. The federal government bought six drift boats to rent in D.C., and the Coast Guard said there's no internal flotation compartment, so you can't 
put these in at a federal facility. And they sat there for two years, and I just kept hammering them, like, sell me a boat, sell me a boat. And it was three, three, that three thousand. I think the boat retails for eight, and the trailer retails for twenty-five. Yeah, you're right. Um, most of the drift boats in our neck of the woods, you can if you get a deal on one that's equipped with sticks on it and, and anchor system and all that, you're looking at about six grand easy. So now they're, they're now they've got drift boats with uh, the doors on the side for for kind of fat old guys like me, so you can get in and out real easy. You know, I keep banging my knees climbing into my boat. Uh, my knees are bruised all summer long. How long's your boat? Seventeen feet. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, Clackercraft has a new 18-footer guide's model that's sweet. Right, well, it looks like you got some kids. We need to impress these uh, these ladies with some pretty colors. So thanks for joining me. You bet. Thank you very much. All right, we got Vince Wilcox, Wiley's Flies. Vince, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Let's talk about um, your booth right now at the show. So you got a little fly tying set up selling some flies and your book as well. How are things going? Yeah, it's going well. It's actually been a good show. It was good last week in Marlboro, and this one's been really good for us, too, and just selling a bunch of flies and books. you got some pretty unique patterns. Your use of incorporating synthetics is, is widely known. You write about it in Fly Tire. We're talking about some of your patterns. I, I recognize uh, you know, we sold the Batman when I worked out in Colorado, so I knew you back in 05. Nice. Yeah, yeah, great fly. The superhero flies work well. They're well-received. Good, good branding. It's just a variation of a Prince Nymph on those. You got Batman, you got Robin, you got Green Hornet. Uh, Superman is a little more uh, innovative, probably out of that group of the superheroes. A little more original. And you're sort of near the Lake Placid region. Where do you work out? Tell us about your shop. Yeah, actually, we're uh, about 20 miles northwest of Lake Placid. We, uh, you know, we float 12 different rivers. It's something different. Nobody up there has ever really done float trips before, so we have a bunch of rafts that we run, and we do trout, bass, pike, and muskie, and uh, some salmon and steelhead stuff too, so a little bit of everything. Very cool. How long have you been writing for Fly Tire or been featured in there? Uh, I think I started writing for them in like 2003 or so, about 10 years. Yeah, yep. And now for the tidbit, I once was steelhead fishing with your dad and the Douglas and Salmon Run. They had caught the biggest brown on my... He tipped his hat at me. He said I did a really good job that day. Nice. Yeah, Wally can go either way. It's either going to be a good encounter or bad. So when somebody says they met my dad fishing up there, I don't know what, what way it went. So that's good to hear. Yeah, he had the Batman fly. I'm like, I know that. He's like, no, that's that's mine. That's ours. I'm like, what do you mean ours? So that's how I, I came to really know about you, putting a name to the fly that we sold in Colorado. Nice. That sounds like Wally, yes. Yep. That's my dad. He's uh, he's at it though. He's he's about as real as it gets. And you've got a, a book here from Fly Tire. You want to talk about the book where listeners can find that? Sure. Yeah, it's uh, naturally artificial signature flies. Came out in April, and uh, it's part of a Fly Tire series. So they're doing some of the writers, and it's with Lions Press, and you can get it, you know, through Amazon and all the other shops, hopefully, that are carrying it. And, um, you know, if you see us at the show, you can definitely stop by and pick up a copy, too. What's the hot fly you've been selling so far at the show? Oh, wow. Um, That's a great question, actually. I'm not sure. It's a little bit of everything. We get a lot of guys here that seem to uh, fish a lot of dry flies and things, so we probably sell a lot of our low riders, pair of variants, JC Specials, probably those three, and then uh, a lot of Superman. You know, we do sell a lot of the Superman and... Um, some of the other nymphs. You want to talk about the vice you're using? 
what you prefer to use as a professional fly tire? Well, yeah, um, this is a Peak Vice. It's made in Loveland, Colorado. A friend of mine actually used to own the company. He sold his half of it a couple of years ago, and he asked me to start tying on it about probably about 10 years ago. And I said, well, sure, I'll give it a try. And, um, you know, worked with him a little bit on it on the development. It's a great vice. Even though he's not at the company anymore, it freed me up to pretty much tie whatever I want, you know, on whatever I want. But I've tied well over 100,000 flies on this one that's sitting here still rock solid you know it's it's probably the best vice i've ever owned by far so i stay with it i love it is that a bottle of fun pills there a little prescription <laughs> no fun pills just dubbing <laughs> that's no good all right that looks like the wait is, that, is there something shaking in there with it it's dubbing it's my dubbing wax oh the dubbing wax i thought there's dubbing in there okay yeah all right um and where can we find you on social media and i follow you on on facebook at least there I know of. That's, that's about it, really. Uh, I'm not that fancy. So you can go to our WileysFlies.com, and we've got stuff on there, or the Facebook page, Wiley's Flies. Very cool. Thanks for joining us. Sure, man. Thank you. So we got Mikey here from Knee Deep Fly Fishing. He is our Maryland local fly fishing guide. Welcome. Local, local troublemaker. Yeah. That's right. So uh, let's talk about your booth here. And uh, you're guiding where you guide, and because I don't fish the gunpowder, so let's get people some information about it and how they're going to find you to take them. The uh, the Gunpowder Falls is just north of Baltimore. It's about an hour and ten, hour and fifteen from Capitol Hill. Just run up eighty three from Baltimore. It's a beautiful tailwater fishery, and uh, we've got cold water all year round. There's seven miles of special regs, catch and release, artificials only water below the dam, and a variety of terrain, everything from giant car-sized boulders and, and fast-flowing water to gravelly, easy wading. You know, if you got bad knees, you can get out there. And uh, we've got a great sulfur hatch that starts up the second week in April generally. Last year it started early, a little bit in March, and uh, goes all the way through June. We've got a great spinner fall every night. It's worth grabbing a piece of pizza and going back to the river after everybody else is gone. And uh, it's just a beautiful stream. We've got more fish per mile than anywhere else in the state of Maryland. And, uh, you know, it's the fish are pretty educated, but with a little practice you can, you can figure them out. Yeah. Looks like you got some... Pretty precise nymphs and emergers and some terrestrials here. So I would say they're picky fish. They're educated. They know what they're looking for. It's like it drifts past them. They're like, no, that's Micah's, man. I'm not eating that. Are they learned? I think uh, just size and, and color are the big things to match up there. And then presentation. I think a lot of people... Um, are resistant to fishing finer tippets, you know, when they're nymphing and, and taking five minutes to swip out, swap out their tippet for fluorocarbon, that kind of thing, and get their nymphs down deeper and, and get a little more natural drift. And I think that makes a huge difference. It's little tiny tweaks like that that, that can change your day, yeah. I've heard this um, these rumors there's a pretty big inner tube hatch out there, big kayaking hatch. There is a good inner tube hatch, but it's good people watching, and uh, you know you got to bring a sense of humor with you anytime you're fishing anywhere on the East Coast. You know you never know what you're going to see, but uh, generally they keep their tops on, and uh, yeah, you know there's some politics circling the uh, the inner tube hatch, but we'll see what next summer brings us. Do they ever give you beer? No, occasionally actually. You know, every once in a while they will wipe out, and you get a free beer out of it. That's good river karma. Yeah, it is. You know, yeah, yeah, you get you get a little payback here and there. It looks like you're tying on a, an old Renzetti Traveler. That looked like a C-clamp that you've got a pedestal for. Is that your preferred vice to tie on? 
I do tie with the taller shaft because uh, I kind of throw my bobbin over as I tie and catch it. And you're kind of a tall guy as well. You can't see that from here. Yeah, I'm a big guy. It's easier to get your hands underneath the vise. I was just talking to the guys about my vise across the way here at Renzetti, and uh, they got some new cool stuff, but old habits die hard. You know, at all the shows, they'll somebody will bring you a vise and say, try our vise for an hour, and it's hard. It's hard to adjust, so it's just, you know, what I'm comfortable with. I've been tying on it for almost 10 years. As a teenager, I taught on an old Thompson was it the double a for years and i wouldn't switch i had this in the box and i never would get it out and uh so yeah it's just what you're comfortable with you know your your tools become a part of you after a while and so switching things like a new pair of scissors is huge so you got quite a lot of scissors there too you look like a beauty shop you know all the all the hairs cut a little different you know like uh for for the synthetics and stuff i like a serrated scissor that's got little teeth on it, and uh, I think it grabs the fibers instead of letting them slide out. And then for deer hair and stuff, I like a bigger, meatier scissor to cut big clumps of hair and that kind of thing. Yeah, so there's something for every material, and you get quick at, at holding them. You can, you know, if, with a little practice, if you're really cranking out dozens of flies, you can hold a, a fat pair of scissors and a real precision pair of scissors in your hand the whole time and never set either one down. Yeah. I like this little mat here. You, like, you can already measure things out by the inch. Yeah. I always sit there and like have to guess how long I'm cutting things. Yeah, I use a rotary cutter. Uh, the Ulfa brand uh, is the sharpest. You can get their cutters and mats like at uh, fabric stores and craft stores. And I use those to cut foam strips for hoppers and ants. And I use a metal straight edge from a body shop. It's got cork on the back. And that sticks to the sheets of foam a little better. And you can just run that rotary cutter like a pizza cutter right down the line and get nice precision strips and, and crank them out. Um, everything I do at the Vice is uh, very time-related. You know, it's all about maximizing the amount of time I have to tie and get caught up on tying flies for the next day's fishing. Yeah. Speaking of fishing, um, you booking some clients while you're here? Yeah, having a great time, going through a few hundred business cards and uh, shaking a lot of hands, but also seeing a lot of familiar faces. It's, kind of a hometown crowd for me i grew up in morristown new jersey so it's been great to see a lot of old familiar faces and even some clients from this summer and past summers so it's been a great 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 weekend yeah and looking forward to lancaster too at the end of the month yeah i will see you there i just found out i'll be helping healing waters at that one too very cool very cool yeah all these shows are great i've been coming to them since i was a kid and you know, it's great to see lots of kids here with their dads and grandfathers and even with their moms, you know. And I've seen more ladies at this show than other shows, and that's great to see as well, yeah. Yeah, a little, little diversity finally. Very cool. Where, uh, where can we find you online and social media? You can find me online at kneedeepff.com, like fly fishing. And you can find me on Facebook and Twitter. More active on Facebook than Twitter, but, you know... I try and try and run good fishing reports at least once a week in the summertime, and uh, sign up for my newsletter, stay up to date. Yeah, you need to start coming back to the beer ties. It's been a while. I know those Monday nights; those are good fishing nights. You know, it's when the the, the river is the least crowded on a Monday. So those are usually days when I'm driving home while you guys are drinking beer. Yeah, yeah, but I miss it. Yeah. Word on the street: we're gonna be at a new location, but you didn't hear it from me. It's called Whitlow's on Wilson. Oh, I know that place, yeah. Half-price burger on Mondays, too. Ooh, that'd be good, yeah. It's good good for the starving fly fishermen, yeah, yeah. All right, well, thanks for joining us, and uh, let's get back to cranking out some flies. Cool, thanks for chatting with me, buddy. Thanks, thanks, Thank man. you. Thanks a lot. Yeah. So next to Micah here, we have Ken from Ken's Custom Flies. 
Ken, uh, how are things going for you at the show? The show's going great. It's been busy and couldn't ask for more. A lot of lot of feedback, good feedback, a lot of interesting people. And where are you out of? I'm located out of Worcester, Massachusetts. Uh, just moved there from Denver, Colorado. You left Denver? Was it had to be the altitude? It's the only reason. No, it's the influx of people they have. The the growth of Denver has just been out of this world. And I mean, it, the good fishing spots are gone. The economy's going to crap out there. So move back home. You know, Worcester's not home. Springfield's actually home, but Worcester's close enough. How long have you been doing these fly fishing shows? Been doing the fly fishing shows now for about ten years. Uh, I do most of the actual fly fishing shows, and I do the East Idaho fly fishing show, uh, West Denver's fly fishing show. I'll fly back and do that, and I'll go to Grand Junction and do Grand Junction's fly fishing show. So it's fun. I'll go to Seattle in two weeks. I'm going to do a show out there, and then come back, and then I'll be back down to Pennsylvania to do a show. It looks like you're doing mostly trout flies. Is that your your niche tying? My niche is, believe it or not, doing a midge flies. Living in Colorado, I lived there for 28 years. Fishing midge flies, that was the way to fish. We fish them year-round. But, you know, I like fishing a lot of the terrestrial patterns. You know, so I come up with my own amp patterns that I do. And it, it works well. I mean, it's just a little foam ant that is pretty much indestructible. So it's, it's a great thing. You know, if people don't fish mid-flies, you're missing a lot of fish. These little doodads you've got on your tying bench here. These these little doodads, these are my little ant bodies. They're little foam bodies that I actually make out of little sheet material. I pull them apart and then uh, just cut them and then glue them to a hook. You know, I, I put them on a number 16 dry fly hook tie a little bit of white wing and zelon wing on them wrap a little bit of grizzly hackle just to make them stand and sit right in the film great great pattern and as you're a fly tire can we talk about the vice you're using the one you prefer and it looks like you have a preferred uh you know brand of bobbin you're using as well well i use two different types of bobbins i use the right bobbin and then i use another one that's called a stefano they're both great bobbins they're they're tension bobbins because tying the midge flies you're tying 16 aught thread 14 aught thread it helps control it so you don't break it as much you know and then my vice that i've been tying with it's the renzetti it's a presentation 3000 series great great vice i mean if somebody wants to get into it it's not an expensive vice you can get it for you know under 300 bucks you know and then i just mounted it on a granite base that i got from a company called the Granite Fly, and super good base. It, it holds the vise strong enough so if you're spinning deer hair, it will not move. You can grab that and yank on that thing all day long, and it just doesn't move. It's like a C-clamp, but it's not. It's just a great vise. The, the light, it's made by ProLite, and if you want to tie midge flies, have a good light. That's the number one key. Take eye strain away. And 
you know so it's it's just a pro light it's a halogen light so it doesn't doesn't get hot you know you can have it on for eight ten hours and you can still grab it with your hands and it, it's just warm not hot you know that's what i use and that's what i prefer <laughs> you know well uh, i think that does it for my questions here Let's get a quick picture of you for everybody, and uh, where can we find you? Are you online? Yeah, I got, I got a online shop. It's called Ken's Custom Flies. You can go online, order my flies. Uh, if you have any questions, shoot me an email. I help anybody out. I don't have trade secrets on any of my patterns. If you want the pattern, send me an email. I'll send you the recipe to any of any of my patterns. I don't do that with some of mine, so you're a, you're a better man than I. Well, you know, I just like to get the younger kids involved in, in the sport. And if giving out a, a trade pattern is good for the kids, then I'll, I'll do it. You know, because uh, I, I give a lot of my patterns out to Project Healing Waters and to Casting for Recovery. I do a lot of donation work for them, so... If that's what it takes, that's what it takes. I, Good reason. Yeah, I mean, two great organizations. Anybody should get involved with them. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for the time today. All right. Well, thank you, and best of luck to you. Thanks. So I've got Bart here with the Patagonia Company. You listen to my podcast. You already know about the company. Let's talk about some of your new waders, the um, aluminum waiting bar. And we can talk about, uh, I like that little hand warmer on the Skino waiter that you've got wrapped around. A little, like, let's talk, uh, let's go waiters first. Okay. Uh, well, this year we've, we've gone to a completely new, uh, very innovative fabric, which is a four-layer fabric. Most waterproof breathables are three-layer, meaning you've got a face fabric, a coating or laminate on the backside of that, and then the lining of the waiter. Uh, what we've done is we've added a hydrophilic laminate on the back side of the coating. So you've got a face fabric, our H2 no waterproof coating, and then a hydrophilic laminate, and then the interior lining. And what that hydrophilic laminate does, or hydrophilic means water loving. So the hydrophilic laminate pulls moisture away from the body more effectively than a traditional three layer so that it can be passed out through the exterior shell. So you've got a highly breathable fabric. The other major innovation on uh, our waders this season is a single seam construction. So the entire lower leg of the wader is made of one piece of fabric where, uh, so you alleviate the interior leg seam, the exterior leg seam, which are the highest points of abrasion on a wader. So there's only one seam up the back of the leg out of the major wear zone. So it greatly increases the durability. Uh, so we've got three new, fa- or three new wader styles this year. The Rio Gallegos has been redesigned to include uh, two upper uh, fleece-lined zipper-closed chest pockets. We've added a zip front Rio Gallegos, which is identical to the, the Rio Gallegos, obviously, with the exception of the center front waterproof zipper. Uh, and then the Skeena River, which is uh, a slightly different design on the front hand warmers. Uh, it has the same single seam leg construction, but slightly lighter weight fabrics, uh, as well as an uninsulated uh, neoprene booty. So, you know, just great. Uh, great feature sets. All three share the same uh, suspension system so that all three waders can either be worn pulled up to the chest or lower down as a pant. 
which is great for small stream application or when the weather's extremely hot, it just allows you to regulate your body temperature. So those are the those are the three primary new waders for this season. I'm pretty excited about those skinas. That that hand pocket on front, that's where I want to put my hand when I'm swinging a fly with a two-handed rod. On a cold day, just slide it in there, keep it warm and suspended. Yeah, there's a there's a new accessory actually that is sold separately from the waiter. It's uh, it's a waterproof hand warmer where we built the exterior shell out of our waiter fabric. Um, the front has a, a front accessory pocket as well as a little tool dock station for your hemostats or zingers, and that can be worn around the waist or uh, you know higher up above on the chest, depending on you know what the what the individual prefers. But it's uh, handy for any winter trout fishing or steelhead fishing or. Anytime uh, you know you're sitting around watching the football game, it's uh, keeps keeps your hands toasty. Yeah, I really like that. Uh, so let's move from waders to uh, let's talk about the aluminum bar on the boots. It seemed to be the, you know that's the big innovation that came out, and that was all based on Yvonne's kind of brainstorming with mountaineering equipment that he'd use. Yeah, we were actually uh, chatting one day around the office, and I, I had asked him if he had ever. You know, thought about putting aluminum bars uh, or incorporating it into the bottom of a boot. You know, I, my first drift boat was, a, was an aluminum boat, and if you'd ever been in a boat where you actually just barely touch a rock, you end up doing cookies to get off of it because the aluminum sticks, and that's the concept here. We use the softest aluminum available uh, on purpose so that it deforms to the rock. So there's two basic innovations. The Rock Rip aluminum bar boot has the bars permanently attached to the bottom of the boot, and we also developed a river crampon. So the crampon can be removed from the boot for extended hiking, or it can also be uh, its a toolless adjustment, so it can be adapted to anybody's boot, whether it's Patagonia's or one you happen to have at home. But the premise is basically the same. The technology is the same. Um, again, it's soft aluminum that uh, literally deforms to the rock. So unlike felt, which kind of grips due to the surface area, the aluminum cuts through the uh, weeds that grow on rocks and, and literally deforms and grips directly to the rock. But uh, the crampon won the best uh, best new traction award from Fly Fisherman Magazine. Uh, we've get, we constantly get uh, just amazing uh, comments from consumers that write into uh, Patagonia.com unsolicited. Uh, and I've got a poster here. I'll just read you a handful of them. But these are direct quotes from consumers that uh, were so impressed with the product that they wrote into the, the website. But I didn't slip once all day. I felt invincible. They make you feel like Spider-Man. The rock, or the grip is just unbelievable. Uh, and these are outstanding, blown away, scary good. I mean, you get the picture. I mean, they. this is an innovation that is a, a significant step forward. You know, most, most anglers, as they age, get a little bit more unsteady on their feet. And uh, this is something that... Um, not only is it a good good step forward in, in cutting down invasive species, but it's uh, it's really the difference between whether you're a little unsteady on your feet or whether you're waiting with confidence. Brian Bennett was saying on the Moldy Chum podcast back when he did it, they kind of stopped doing it, that the first time they went out with these, that Yvonne was just like running and skipping on rocks like he was 40 years younger. Yeah, get that confidence. Uh, yeah, actually, it was interesting. After the conversation with Yvonne, he kind of vanished for about three days in the tin shed, and, and he literally, you know, forged the first pair in, in the same shop where he developed the first crampon, and and he went to test them. He's a, he's an avid steelhead fisherman, took him up to the Skeena that first year, 
uh, and came back, and his eyes were the size of golf balls and said, I think we're onto something here. And so we started the design process with numerous machinists. And what was interesting is that it was kind of a long, kind of arduous process, but we ultimately ended up with a design that was almost identical to his original design. Very simple, very utilitarian, uncomplicated, and uh, really pleased with where we landed. If we can move on to soft goods, I see some new, looks like Windstopper foldover mitt gloves. Uh, yeah, these are a, uh, a handful of uh, new gloves. We've, we've used this fabric in our in our pants. Uh, the shelled insulator pan has been a very popular item. So we developed three technical gloves. Uh, one is a foldover mitten glove, so you've you've got um, the ability to, to have a fingerless mitt or the uh, the back of the glove folds over to protect the the fingers in case of extreme cold so you kind of got the best of both worlds exterior shell is a uh, a, a, uh, a stretchy nylon spandex exterior shell with a waterproof or excuse me a windproof laminate and then lined with fleece so we've basically taken this glove in three directions one is a fingerless glove one is a mitten glove and one is a full-on full-on rowing glove so a nice addition to any cold weather fishing application uh, and then the, the fourth glove in that group is um, our R1 glove, which is a 100% waterproof neoprene um, that is uh, also lined with insulation. And that glove is it's the it's the thinnest neoprene that we could develop and still make it waterproof. So this is blind stitched and glued, very few seams, very stretchy, and we we didn't face the neoprene, which is what adds the durability but in doing so you also lose the dexterity so you can't really feel your rod so uh the glove is is ideal in the sense that it's waterproof you can still fish with it and still have some you know have the contact with your rod so you can feel the bite or uh you can't necessarily tie knots very well um so you still have to take them off to tie knots but you know that's the price you pay for toasty fingers with threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Brilliant. Any other products you want to mention here, whether it's fishing or women's, soft goods, surfing products? Anything new for 2013? Um, yeah, we got a ton of new product. Actually, one piece that's uh, particularly innovative is a three-in-one river salt jacket. We've had the, the river salt jacket was new uh, last year, but um, this is a piece that we developed out of our wader fabric. So we took our... our Obviously, fabric that was designed for submersible applications and took it into an outerwear application. So it's super bomb-proof. Uh, but what's unique about this piece is that we incorporated a, a, a snap-out NanoPuff shirt. Uh, NanoPuff was developed on our Alpine side. It's a uh, it's an insulation that is stays warm when wet. It's Prima Loft, uh, highly packable. Uh, so this is a nice system kind of approach to an outerwear piece. So you can wear the shell alone. You can wear the insulation snapped into the outer shell in super cold conditions, or if it warms up in the afternoon, you can wear just the lining alone. So it kind of has you covered for, for any weather conditions you might encounter. Now on the subject of the nanopuff, I have the pants. 
and they are probably the most comfortable thing you'll ever wear. Any chance we could get a pocket to put my wallet on the back of those? Um, you know, it's interesting. That that piece is developed out of our Alpine group, and so I don't necessarily have a lot of say in what would be most appropriate for a fishing application. So I'll pass that along to the product developers, and, and that's about all I can do. All right, and you probably have already noticed this. But we've all been talking. It's like 85% of the people here are either wearing a nano puff jacket or one of the ultralight down jackets on, on this weekend. The amount of layering that you guys have represented here pretty much shows that you guys are the, the big kahuna in the makers of that line. Well, I have to say I've been pretty, uh, pretty shocked and impressed. I mean, I think, you know, quality speaks for itself. And, and these particular products that you mentioned, the down sweater is kind of a signature piece. The ultralight down sweater is a, a new, unbelievable, highly packable innovation. And the Nano Puff is, without a doubt, I mean, my singular favorite piece. I've been in the business for 25 years, and uh, I can honestly say this is my favorite outdoor garment whether you wear it as a layering piece or as an external shell. I think one of the reasons why you're seeing so much of it here is that it's so damn cold outside that you need quality outerwear here. And then you're inside walking around, and you want so, you don't want to be carrying that big George Costanza, it's Gore-Tex Jerry jacket. You want the lightweight so you can, you can move around a shop too. Yeah, and I think you know with innovation comes uh, just better lightweight protection. I mean, there's been so many innovations on the textile side and on the insulation side of the business that you no longer need, as you said, the super heavy uh, outerwear piece to, to have the appropriate protection. It's more about layering, uh, and as I said, with the innovations that have gone on in exterior shell fabrics and, and insulations that, you know, I think the future is, is lighter and just as warm. Well, I want to say thanks for joining me on the podcast. Thanks for the quality of products you provide and the 1% and the giving back. You guys are the best. These listeners know that. And uh, Patagonia.com is where to go to find this stuff, right? Can't thank you enough. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. So we've got Mark here with uh, Thomas and Thomas Fly Rods. Let's talk about your product, you know, American-made, born in, in uh, Maryland, and now you guys are in New England? That's right, yeah. We, our factory's in Massachusetts, USA, so... We build every single rod there, build them from scratch, uh, roll all our own blanks there, still making bamboo rods there. So, you know, we're here at the show to show a good number of new products that we've got and also, you know, some of our old classic bamboo rods. Uh, For 2013, we've got um, three main new introductions, two series of trout rods and uh, also a whole raft of new spay rods. So... That's really what we're here to show people today. They've been very well received. A lot of people cast in them and what have you. So, are you familiar with the name Brian Chow? I am very familiar with that name. Yes, he was. He was my number one client last summer. He caught the first snakehead in the Potomac of any client of mine. Really? Uh, well, Brian's helped us a lot with the development of the the new spay rods. Obviously, he's a bit of a a guru out west in that regard. So we appreciate his input and. And we get a nice few photos of him of big fish that he's caught with them. So, do catch us some monsters. Yeah, he's a regular on our Facebook page with some beautiful steelhead, big salmon. So, and the thing is, you know, I've lived in DC my whole life. The snakeheads have been in our river since 2004. I've only caught two. He goes out on his first day and catches one. Like what? 
kind of freak does that? <laughs> That's a good question. You'd have to ask him, but he's definitely a fishy guy. I like his uh, rooster fish photos. He's obviously pretty fishy with those as well. That's something I'd love to go and give a try for. All right, so now we got the microphone working properly. So you guys just do rods, any other hard goods, soft goods, other products? Um, it's, it's, you know, TNT's been predominantly a rod company, and that's still our major focus. We've, we've actually just uh, finally got some caps available again for, for people. But other, you know, other than that, the, you know, the basic accessories, our, our focus is purely on rods. You know, I think for us... You know, graphite, glass, and bamboo. We're active in all those sectors, so that keeps us busy. Um, and we, we haven't really looked any further than that. Other than American-made, American-bred, why a TNT rod? And I'm seeing their their beautiful rods. That cork on it looks absolutely beautiful. Well, you know that that's what we pride ourselves on. Tom Dorsey, the co-founder of the company, he's a an absolute stickler for detail and a stickler for quality in, in all aspects of his life, and we try and reflect that in the rods. The, uh, every component that we purchase, with the exception of the cork, is made in USA by local suppliers that we've had long-term relationships with. So, you know, the craftsmanship is obviously a big part of, of the draw. Um, I think, aesthetically, our products are very understated you know we don't try and bling them out just those classic good looks um that's also something i would i would point to as a tnt differentiator and then of course the actions um you know you can't be everything to everyone with a fly rod but we definitely have a following um of people who appreciate tom's designs you know he's been designing rods since graphite was first introduced and that's his full-time role with us today He's enjoying it as much as ever, and I think these new rods uh, just really show what his capabilities are. Um, like I say, they've been very well received here at the show. A lot of new dealers that have cast them here and, and expressed strong interest in, in taking them into their shops. Um, so we've got high hopes for 2013, you know, over, over 20 new rods, probably one of the biggest uh, launches from a rod manufacturer for 2013. So... You know, we're pleased to be in that position and uh, looking forward to getting them in the hands of uh, anglers. I don't remember. Um, so, like, on social media, I know uh, Fishing Poet, he runs your, some of your online web stuff. What about who does your Twitter, your Facebook? Uh, Matt does that as well, you know, with input from the rest of us. Um, you know, I think it was uh, January 2011 we launched a new website and incorporated... Uh, a very active blog, a Facebook um, link and Twitter into that. So it's kind of a, you know, it was daunting for TNT. We've never been the most uh, vocal uh, of brands, um, but we felt it was time for us to try and engage more with, with, you know, with the fishing community. And it's been really pretty successful for us, I think. Uh, you know, so that's building all the time. So, yeah, you can find us on Facebook. We tweet regularly. And we do a lot of blog posts ourselves, but also we have some really good contributions from our pro staff and, and other people in the industry that have, have got interesting things to say. So you'd be definitely be seeing more and more of that from Thomas and Thomas. Very cool. Uh, my question, I remembered it now, just through websites, do you guys do uh, you know direct marketing through your website? Got people got to go to fly shops to buy your product? Um, we, we actually do both. We sell predominantly through fly shops, but for areas that aren't well served by our 
dealer network and countries where we don't have any representation. The products can be purchased online. Um, you know, it's a, your typical e-commerce uh, infrastructure we have on the website. But, you know, first and foremost, our, our, our primary route to market is through specialty fly shops. And uh, and that's what we're always working to, to build out. Um, and like I say, I'm pleased that we're, we're constantly adding new shops at the moment. Other than that, we do a monthly email newsletter to, to subscribers. You know, we produce a hard copy catalog and... Uh, they're, they're our, our principal uh, marketing activities alongside shows like this. This is uh, our number one show we do each year, so you'll always find us here at Somerset, and uh, it's a great, you know, a great place to, to get to meet some of the customers at a time of year when there's not too much fishing going on, and uh, play around with fly rods, see what everybody else is doing, that type of thing. So, uh, you know, we're always happy to be here. It looks like you guys have a certain brand of reel you prefer for people doing demos would you say this is do you guys have a preferred reel something that balances your rod uh, yeah well you know we, we we actually like a number of different reels but for demo purposes we worked with uh with nautilus reels um and we have a, a full selection of their reels that we use on the casting pond here uh rio um we we tend to demonstrate with their lines we like those so you know, just a case of that they've been two of the brands that we like, but, uh, you know, there's plenty of others out there. We've always had a good, strong relationship with Joe Saracione with his more classic salmon and trout reels also. Uh, but for demo purposes, the Nautilus work well. They're a particularly light reel, and as you know, some people judge fishing outfits on their weight, so uh, they complement the rods uh, very nicely. You know, we've worked hard these last... Uh, 18 months to reduce the weight of Thomas and Thomas rods, both the blank diameter and wall thickness and swing weights, but also the components as well. These are all newly redesigned reel seats that are considerably lighter than what you would have found on Thomas and Thomas rods uh, a couple of years ago. Um, so, you know, overall, we aim to put a nice balanced outfit in people's hands so that they can uh, judge the rod on the casting pond here. And if I head over, you mentioned Rio. Uh, if I head over there and try and get a you know follow up with Simon, anything you want me to tell him about Liverpool? <laughs> Nothing about Liverpool. I'm not sure which team Simon supports. He's a Liverpool. He's fan, a Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, I mean, he goes for divers like Steven Gerrard. Yeah, what can you say? They're a bit of a has been team actually, like mine, Nottingham Forest. Uh, our, our best days seem to be behind us, but we cling to the hope that uh, you know they, they'll come back. But. Uh, it's, it's not happening at the moment. Uh, but no, I'm not going to knock him for being a Liverpool fan. If it was Man United, I might have some strong words to say. I think they need to come out with their own brand of Sir Alex's gum. He chews that stuff like crazy. <laughs> yeah, he does. But you, you can't really knock his track record. He's yeah. been a, a great manager over the years. All right, well, enough footy. Let's go uh, see who else we can harass today. Thanks so much, Mark. All right, really nice to meet you. Thanks for stopping by. I'm going to have him pronounce it, but you are Paul, and you are with Real Action Fly Fishing, and? <laughs> All right, we're going to talk with Steve. Hi, how's it going? So your uh, your company is called? Real Action Fly Fishing. Where are you guys out of? Uh, we're based out of Rochester, New York. Uh, we have operations in western New York for uh, steelhead and brown trout, and then we also have a place in Alaska. Now, I see all these, these are Dolly Vardens, right, with the ridiculous color, some kind of char. Right. Now, people complain that those get in the way when you're trying to go for bigger fish, and they get pissed 
with catching fish that big and that colorful, which I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand that either. <laughs> They're fantastic fish to catch. Yeah. And these rainbows have the most ridiculous spots on them, too. Yeah. They're called actually called leopard rainbows, and we get a lot of them on uh, mice patterns, and it's really fun fishing for them. See, mice patterns, it looks like there's some video of uh, swinging streamers. Yes. Spay flies. You can use spay rods. Um, a lot of swinging for kings. So you split your time between Alaska and New York? Yes. Yeah, we do. Not a bad way to do it? No. It's great. It's fun. Is this your first time at the show? Uh, we've actually been coming to the show off and on and off for about 10 years. But Oh, that's, sorry for not noticing so far. <laughs> hey, it's been fun. You guys just mainly here to book clients, just get the name out there? Yeah, and a lot of our uh, previous clients are from the show, so it's always great to see them hang out a little bit. You just have preferred rods, reels you use up there? Yeah, we use um, six weights for a lot of the trout, and then uh, eight weights for some of the salmon, and then you can use spay rods, ten weights for a lot of the swinging flies. Well, any particular mouse pattern you guys prefer? Uh, no, a lot of them work in general. Um, really, it's just a great fishery for uh, mouse patterns and anything you want to catch the rainbows on. I'm a little distracted while we're talking here. With uh, these, There's three videos going on, and it's just monster fish chowing flies. Yeah, it's pretty intense. We just try to capture some of the intensity of the fishing on video and let everybody see that. And do you guys use the, that pegged egg method? Um, we do sometimes for the egg fishing, um, but uh, we can get a lot of them on top water stuff so we prefer that kind of fishing and swinging over over egg flies that, and the eggs are starting to pick up you know sam steelhead alley seen a lot of that in the shops now yep that is it's becoming a popular thing for some of the stuff we do in western new york too it's a pretty effective technique and in the winter we use eggs in dc for carp but an orange egg the largemouth eat orange eggs like it's bizarre wow that's awesome uh, where can we find you guys online? How can people book trips with you? Um, we are at www.realactionfly.com. All right. Well, thanks for joining me. I'm going to take a picture of this to show everybody else. All right. Thanks a lot, Rob. Yeah. Talk. All right, Jeff. Let's talk about the clutch, who you are, where you guys are from, and um, our friend on Instagram that keeps showing your rods. That's, that's how I found out about you guys. and It's like, I got to go talk to him. Yeah, we've got a guy out there in Louisiana, Ron Ratliff, who's been throwing our rods around, getting some publicity out there for us. But we're a fly rod company out of the Midwest. We're based in Port Clinton, Ohio. We've got a line of high-performance graphite fly rods that are forecasters, bycasters. We like the performance aspect of the fly rods. Uh, each line weight is a little different from each other as you go through our line based on what we want to do with the, the weight of line that we have. Whether it's a 5 weight for trout or whether it's an 8 or a 9 for the flats, 10 weight for tarpon. And as we go through and build our prototypes, each rod, we're trying to make our perfect rod for that, what we like to fish with. And let's talk the important thing. Where are these rods made and with what kind of components? 100% in the USA. We use top-of-the-line components, uh, snake universal guides on our trout rods, wreck titanium guides on our saltwater rods, best components that we can put together in a package and keep our price point 100, 150 below the top-of-the-lines out there on the market. 
And your uh, partner in crime, the big guy, he came up with the name? My partner, Lee Janik, out of Cleveland area, he's a steelhead alley guy who loves the salt, came up with the name. The logo was something that we worked on for a while. We're young. We're, we're looking for the up-and-coming fishermen, the trout bum type guys who really know what, they're, what kind of equipment they want. We want to be in with those guys. And is the, the logo, it's a fishtail, but is, is it a letter C? Our, our logo actually is a tarpon dorsal fin. It's uh, really a cool look. When we started the company, we kind of had a different fin logo for, we were thinking about doing a trout fin and a salmon fin and all for different lines of rods. But our, our tarpon fin turned out really good, and we think it's cool, so we went with it straight across the board. I now see the thread fin. It's like those seen eye posters that they had on Seinfeld. It's a dinosaur. And it looks good on a shirt and a hat. Check us out on our website, and you'll see what we're talking about. Yeah, so websites, where can we find you guys online, social media? We're on Facebook. If you look for Clutch Fly Rods, um, clutchflyrods.com is our website. Check us out. We've got some good pictures of the product. Facebook, the guides, the guys who are fishing these rods are posting. Look for us as we grow, and, and if you have a chance to cast one, take us up on it. See what you think. Give us some feedback. You got some soft goods here. You got some hoodies. Looks pretty pretty clutch to have those in a cold room like this. Well, we like our style. We we dark black. You know, we're we're looking at it. From a, you know, we call them tactical fly rods. Our whole line of accessories, as far as hats, shirts, hoodies, you know, we're looking for, you know, something you can wear out there. Um, people, something that grabs the attention of, of people out there. Yeah, the, the wraps look sort of silverish over a black rod. Our saltwater wraps are silver with a black accent, a little different than what's out there. Looks good on a black sanded blank. On our trout rods, we've got an olive-colored wrap that really doesn't show up till the sunshine hits us. We've got our names engraved into the handles. Um, we think we're going for a look, but really what stands apart on our rods is how they perform. There's only one way to do that and get them into your hands. Absolutely. You know, as these rods get around the country in places, um, you know, whether it's guides' hands or shops start picking them up, you know, go in, try them, see what you think. See how we compare to the market. We think we stand out a little bit. You guys in fly stores yet? We have eight fly shops online right now that are, you know, we're starting to distribute our product through whether it's the Desert Sportsman in Scottsdale, South Platte up in Wyoming, Steamboat in Colorado, just to name a few. But as we're here on the East Coast, we're talking to different shops. We expect to have these rods pretty close to most places in the country where people can get out there, get one in their hands. You know, when you're talking a high-end fly rod, we don't expect people to you know, buy a rod that they haven't cast. We want to put them in your hands. Tell us what you think. You guys been well received at the show so far? Shows have been amazing. We um, went to Denver a couple weeks ago. There's a demographic that can really cast, really appreciated the rods, gave us some great feedback. 
you know, the looks we were getting as they're on the casting pond, it was a look of surprise, something a little different. Come here to Somerset, huge, huge crowds. You know, we're casting out on the lawn because the casting pond's busy, which, you know, you're watching guys who are throwing eights and nine weights, you know, 120, 120 feet on the grass. The, the freshwater rods, you know, a little bit of wind, but it cuts right through them. You know, it's, it's been fun. Where are you guys headed after the show? We have, we're going to be in the Keys on February 24th for uh, an event in Marathon. We'll have it published on our website um, and our Facebook page to promote it. A place for, you can come cast our rod on the front of a flats boat. We'll have a flats boat parked right in front of the park. You know, it, it'll be a great showcase for our saltwater series. After that, we'll be in the Michigan show. And by then, hopefully, we'll be in enough fly shops that we can send people to fly shops around the country to get their hands on our rods. If you're in Marathon, the Keys Fisheries and Marina does a lobster Reuben. That's supposed to be the greatest thing ever. My wife can attest, I don't eat seafood, but they got good chicken fingers, too. Lobster Reuben finished off with a frozen key lime pie on a stick. Can't get no better than that. And the place, if you go to the kitchen and get like a tray of fish heads, because everything's so fresh, the tarpon are right next to the picnic tables, and you can just hand feed them. And it's not like Robbie's, you don't have to pay. <laughs> Sounds like a great time. Look forward to it. Drop your rod right in there. All right, thanks so much. Thanks, Rob. Good to talk to you. Awesome. I've got Eric here from, from Sage Fly Rods and Reels, and we're going to talk about some new and exciting stuff for 2013 and what makes you guys you know, leaders in the, the rod industry. Welcome. Thanks, Rob. Glad to be here. We're having a great show. Um, this year we've got some you know, new progressive stuff that Sage has never done before. Last year we had the new one rod come out. We're having a great show just showing that rod. But the ones that uh, came out for 2013 that we're really excited about is Sage's Circa rod. Um, that's a true slow-action rod, so that's a, a bit different from our normal fast-action rod families. Um, the Circa is made from the same technology as the one rod. It's kinetic technology. So the advantages are, you know, it's a lighter weight blank. It's smaller diameter. We were able to pack more carbon fiber into a smaller space. It's a highly accurate rod because of the lack of torsional movement. We've managed to minimize that. Um, but being slow action, it's a great dry fly rod, um, but it, it's very crisp. It's very fast to recover. So if you have a chance to cast it, I highly recommend it. It's a blast. It's like arm candy. Would you say it's more to be like an old fiberglass or, or like old bamboo rods? Is that sort of the feel you're going for, but with modern technology? Absolutely. It's got the same deflection pattern as, as a glass rod. Matter of fact, if you have an opportunity to see the Circa video on our website, there's a scene in there where you can see Jerry Seam actually showing the deflection of a glass rod next to the Circa rod, and they're, they're virtually the same. Um, but the real big difference is that fast recovery. Uh, a lot of folks that cast it, they know, you know it's meant for dry fly fishing. You're fishing 30, 40 feet out, max, maybe. But a lot of folks are saying, I can really throw this thing a lot farther than that, even though that's what it's not intended for. 
Which Sage reel would you pair with the Circa Rod? Uh, it would probably be our Click Series reels. They're our Click and Paul reel. Super lightweight and really complements the look of the rod as well. Particular line you'd suggest as well? Um, we really like throwing the Rio Gold weight forward on there. Um, it just seems to really be the, a perfect fit for that rod. Those rods come in a 3, 4, and 5 in uh, 7 foot 9 and 8 foot 9 inch. Also, I guess so I was confused. You know, the one was last year, but you've got the, the two-handed ones now. Right. That's what I want. So you want to talk about those? Sure. Yeah, we introduced those kind of mid-season. Um, we really, once we came out with the one rod, we wanted to make sure that we really had the two rods dialed. That's a whole lot of rods to try and put out in one season. So we had a little bit of delay, but now that they're here, um, they come in both spay and switch models. And the popularity of those are going through the roof right now. So uh, we've had a lot of people come by and, and look at those rods. And you've got, I don't know how many dozens of rods. How long did it, does it take to set this up Our, and break it down? Uh, we've got about 120 rods here, 110, 120. Um, fortunately, our booth this year is a, a brand new, more uh, user-friendly booth. And... Um, you know, it takes us a, a couple hours to set up as opposed to four or five like it used to. <laughs> it's, it's busy right now, too. you got a lot of traffic coming in. Yeah, we do. Um, it's, it's been a great show. Uh, people are both interested in our rods and our reels. Um, you know, in terms of other new products we've got going this year, we've got uh, two what I'll call lower price point rods. Um, the response and the approach, those took over from the uh, Flight and Vantage series. And um, those are uh, really popular rods. The, the response is a, a fast action rod, and the approach is a moderate fast action rod. So folks that are coming by looking for something for a, a little bit less and a little bit less action, the uh, approach rod runs 295, and it's a, it's a great rod for the money. All of them are still made on Bainbridge Island, though. How are things out in Washington these days? Gray. Cold and gray. But <laughs> we're having fun out there. Steelhead season's upon us, and um, the peninsula is not far away. I, I'm going to get out on that Olympic Peninsula one day. We've got friends in Edmonds, Washington, which I guess is just north of Seattle. And actually look out on the, on the sound. It's a pretty cool place. There was salmon right off the beach in, in uh, west Seattle told my wife, I was like, if I hook a salmon from a beach, we're moving. I'm still trying to convince her. She's a coffee drinker. She'd like it out there. Yeah, we, we have the luxury. There's a couple of spots not far from work where we can go uh, fishing for silvers right off the beach. And um, we had a pretty good year this year. Of course, we've got some nice sea-run cutthroat to, to catch when, when the salmon aren't biting. And there was a guy I was talking to yesterday. He, um, out here on the East Coast, he hooked a bluefish that a seal ate. And then you hooked a seal? I know you guys got a lot of seals that eat salmon. Is Anybody ever hooked a, a seal out west? Um, I've heard stories of it. I haven't done it myself. But, yeah, I've, I've heard of a couple of battles uh, some folks in our office have had with uh, with a seal. He said, you know, he's like thinking himself, the food chain, fish eats fly, seal eats fish, great white shark eats seal. So he's trying to figure out how to get that off as soon as possible. We don't have too many great whites up in our area, so we don't have to worry about that. And we've got Barry and, and Kathy Beck here, and they look like they're doing some, some good work selling rods for you guys. They're doing a great job. They're here every year, and um, 
they're just fantastic ambassadors for us. So we're, we're just thrilled that they're here and that they're part of Team Sage. Just paying them and it looked like veggie straws. Yeah. yeah, we feed them here as well. Yeah. Where can we find you guys? Uh, Facebook, Twitter, other social media, and webs? Yeah, you're going to see us. Uh, our videos are on YouTube and Vimeo. Um, you'll hear from us on Twitter. And uh, we have a pretty good Facebook following as well. So check out our blog on our website, too. Excellent. And uh, anything else? Words of wisdom for people? Um, <laughs> buy, buy sage rods, buy sage reels. Um, take a look. At, we got a couple of new reels that came out this year that are really great reels, the 4600 series. And, um, you know, a whole lot of people don't know that Sage makes reels, but um, when people see them, they're pretty impressed. So take a look at them when you get a chance. Lightweight, a lot of big diameter on them. Well, Eric, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for uh, the interview. I appreciate you coming by. So I am with Millie at Trout Hunter. We'll talk about where you guys are. You guys came pretty far for the show. Um, I know you guys mostly because your logo. Recognize it in all the fly fishing magazines and who started you guys and, and what you fish for. Do I hold this? You can hold it. Okay. <laughs> um, well, we are on the Henry's Fork, which is the North Fork of the Snake River. Um, we're about two hours from Jackson Hole, Wyoming, two hours from Bozeman, Montana. We have 14 different sections of the Henry's Fork that we fish. We are also licensed in Montana, so we fish the Madison a lot, Hebgen Lake a lot, Henry's Lake, which is known all over for its enormous, enormous hybrids. Um, on the upper Henry's Fork where we are, we primarily fish for, or it's, um, it's rainbow trout. Lower River, you get some brown trout and, Henry, and uh, rainbows also. And then we can also guide in Yellowstone, West Yellowstone, or Yellowstone National Park, um, where you get mostly cutthroats. So, Are you native Westerner from out there, or did you migrate? No, I, I migrated from uh, southern Utah, Moab, Utah. My wife once did the bike route there. She loved it. Yeah. Um, so you guys are out here, how many, how many years have you been coming to the show? We opened in 98, and we started coming here in 99. Haven't missed a show. Where are you guys headed after this one? Back to Island Park. Mostly here, just book clients, get the name out, that sort of thing? Exactly. Henry's work is fishing great, better than it has in years, so. How is, you got an animal pelt. How has that not been cut up yet? You're displaying, so you have some jewelry here as well? Some lovely handmade jewelry, yes. We, we try to have something for all the lady women fly fishers out there. Someone's wearing the uh, the wingman Costa sunglasses. Are those yours? Hell yeah. Yeah. Coast, you can't beat Costas. I tried those on, but uh, yeah, they're, they're pretty cool. Right, can I try yours on real quick? Let's see. They fit. Yeah. My, yeah, my daughter threw a pair of mine off the kitchen table and they chipped. I'm taking that out of the wife's bill because my wife put them down on the counter. And the, the guys left you here? What, what's up with that? Uh, I'm way more knowledgeable and fun to talk to than them. They're shy. You guys mostly just wade. I see there's a drift boat picture. I see some cabin pictures behind you as well. No, 
mostly 99% of our trips go out on out in drift boats. Um, but it, it's great waiting. If you do Railroad Ranch, which is the, the section of river everybody has to come fish with all the hatches and the big rising gnarly fish. So uh, that's mostly waiting. But all, all of our other trips go out by boat. Do you guys provide gear? If not, what kind of rod reel, length, weight, flies, lines, etc. should someone bring to be prepared to fish with you? We do have gear, waders, boots, rods, um, but if you would like to bring your own, five weight gets the job done. Um, waders are a good idea because we do get a lot of stormy weather, afternoon thunder showers, and since we're at 6,500 feet, it could get pretty chilly. Um, but if not, just bring a good rain jacket. All right. Any uh, last-minute things we should know? Where can we find you online? Any social media sites? www.trouthunt.com. All right. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. So we're doing a one-year follow-up. We've got Simon from Rio, and we're going to talk about some of the new lines we've got out on the market this year. Yeah, well, we've got uh, a new freshwater series of lines in uh, a technology called Max Cast and Max Float. And those are high floating tips and what's called a hydrophobic coating that repels water, makes the line sit higher in the water, makes it pick up easier, means you don't have to clean it so much. So there's a new technology in our premium trout lines, which is the Rio Gold, Rio Grande, and Trout LT. That's what we've got in our freshwater side. In the saltwater side, we have a very, very cool bonefish line called a bonefish quick shooter. It's got a short head designed to load at close range. It's a great line for anglers who wade flats. When you're low down, you don't see fish at 60 feet or 50 feet. It's a great line for cloudy conditions for the same reason. When you're not looking at distance and you're trying to spot a fish at 25 feet and you want a line to load up close range. Um, so that's a bonefish quick shooter. And that won an award at the IFTD show this year for best saltwater fly line. So that's one to look out for. That goes in eight weights to nine weights, seven weights, typical bonefish sizes. Uh, what else? We've got a technical tarpon line, kind of complete opposite of the bonefish quick shooter. Very long belly line, more for the technical tarpon fly fisher who likes to handle 50, 60 feet of line. You make a cast, you blow the cast, or the fish changes direction, and you need to re-pick up that length of line. Or with a technical tarpon with a long head, you can do exactly that. You can just lay it down, pick the whole head up, make the change of shot, and hit the target again. So that's the kind of the opposite of the bonefish quick shooter. Uh, we've also got a tarpon short line, same principle as a bonefish quick shooter, and it's just called the tarpon short, just designed, same thing, loading at close range when poor conditions, maybe beginning to tarpon anglers want to go on a saltwater trip and try tarpon fishing for the first time, then this short-headed tarpon line is ideal for that. Finally, in the space section, we've got uh, a range of integrated tips called Mo Tips, which we've always had. There's a, a new IMO, which is I for intermediate, so it's got an intermediate section. And for any spay angler who fishes skagit lines and attaches a fast-sinking tip to it, they'll know that the fast-sinking tip hangs straight off the floating tip at a, a kind of a dropping angle, whereas the IMO with that intermediate section gives you a much better transition between the floating and the sinking tips. And to that extent, we've also got a, a new flight uh, called an I-flight, an intermediate flight, which is a, a skagit line with a long intermediate section. Again, you put your tips onto that, and the intermediate section gives this nice transition between the floating line and the fast-sinking tip. It's probably, out of all the lines I've cast and the skagit lines I've cast, it's the most powerful skagit line we've ever made. It's unbelievable how it will rip out 
some sinking tips and I was fishing that down I was fishing a 550 grain down in Argentina on an 8 weight rod with 20 feet of T17 and it was unbelievable how it picked it up got a lot of depth you get a much slower swing with that because you're avoiding the surface hydraulics um, so that's called an eye flight a Skagit eye for intermediate flight so those are your main lines and then the one specialty line which we've got which I think is probably the coolest line we've ever come out with uh, in technology it's our in-touch sinking lines and they are full sinking lines for the lake angler so not a lot of people will be interested in the US because not a lot of people fish lakes but they're built on an ultra low stretch core 6% stretch as opposed to a 30% stretch which is a standard core so they're very very sensitive to a bite or a take they're very fast on the hook set because of the, again there's no stretch to, to absorb the hook set um, we put into them a very unique thing called a hang marker 13 feet from the front end we put a 1 inch highly visible mark and this is so the angler is stripping his sinking line in no when it's time to stop stripping and time to make the cast and if you don't have that what happens a lot of people just pull a sinking tip and the leader into the rod rings and, and just have that little bit of a problem making that first cast so that series it's called the in touch it's a deep series of five sorry four different sink rates of sinking lines three inches a second five inches a second six inches a second and seven inches a second and that's the full range of these in-touch lines. And they also won the award at FTEX for the best fly line this year in, Euro in the European Fair. So very good line to look out for, particularly if you fish lakes and you need sinking lines. And that, apart from the new branding, is Rio's 2013 offering. And that's why these are the best lines in the market. You heard it straight from the horse's mouth. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah. So, and last year, you told me the, the worst place you'd ever fish was Brittany. The worst, in, the worst because you only caught a little fish because they kill everything oh, yeah. i might be going there should i bother bringing my fishing equipment well i tell you what i'm taking that back because i fished there in july after our conversation last year i went back to Brittany and i fished with this unbelievably good guide and it was probably one of the best fishing trips i've had it's fairly small fish 12 12 14 inches at most um but oh my gosh what a variety what beautiful rivers uh, and and this guy was catering Brittany food. You had ciders and meats and crusty breads and the whole ambiance of Brittany was fantastic. So it's gone from what was my worst experience to one of my best experiences. So enjoy it. I can't wait for that. Simon, thanks so much. Uh, no problem. Thanks for coming back again. Yeah. Let's do this. We got Ted from Cheeky Flies. Uh, welcome to the podcast. What's going on? Great to be here. Yeah, so I, I've you know, heard you guys on uh, Moldy Chum. You guys are pretty much known for, um, I want to say, the, the colors of your reels. You know, contrasting reel versus spool. Made in America. Um, how did you guys get started? How did you get marketing? How many times have you been at the show? Absolutely. So uh, we've been in business about three years. Um, this is our second time here at the Somerset Show. Um, you, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Uh, it's cheeky fly fishing, so we're known to do things a little bit differently, whether that's uh, you know the anodized finish on our reels or the marketing and, and branding. Um, we did all of our design, development, and initial prototyping in uh, Massachusetts. Um, we've now moved the uh, full production overseas, and we're able to offer uh, you know one of the best fly fishing reels on the market uh, for, a, for a great price. And the key to this is to get cheeky? To get cheeky. That's our motto. So we're looking for people who are, you know, going out there every day looking to push the limits of the sport, chase new species. And, and we want to build equipment that's specifically for that type of person, whether it's, you know, chasing roosters on the beach or, uh, 
getting uh, you know bull trout in their backyard. I've never seen a fish more aggressive than a bull trout. They're not right in the head. Yeah, for sure, it's crazy. We've been uh, we've been doing a lot of work with Faceless Fly Fishing Media, and those guys go after them all the time with the uh, the cheeky Mojo uh, 425 reel, and uh, they're they're pretty aggressive. So uh, you know, it's it's great to have some equipment that that can handle some of the most. Uh, Ferocious, ferocious fish out there. Yeah, see, and you know, I'm looking at them. I see the color scheme by size. You want to talk about the different models? Yeah, sure. I'd love to. So we have a full line of reels, all the way from a two weight up to a sixteen weight. Um, we have a two to four, which is our stealth. Uh, five to seven, which is our ambush. A seven to ten weight, which is our mojo. Uh, the thrash is a ten to twelve, a great tarpon reel. And then the big boy, the dozer, uh, which is a twelve to, to sixteen weight reel. So we offer a you know a lot of flexibility for anglers at, out there. Uh, the design of the reels very lightweight, large arbor holds a ton of line, uh, and all of the reels feature a sealed synthetic disc drag. So it's bomb proof, maintenance free, uh, lasts a lifetime. Tell them about your handles. They look um, pretty grippy, pretty grippable. Absolutely. So we have, a, have an over, oversized handle. Uh, that's one of the big uh, pieces of feedback that we got during, during prototyping and testing. Uh, we worked with guides to develop the reels, uh, and, and because of that, we've, we've gotten feedback that you know, we, we really want a large handle on these, something to grab onto uh, when you need it most. So. And then the hats, it looks like, um, you know, I've got a two-year-old, so we watched this Sesame Street three primary colors video so you guys are doing you know some, some bright colors where did that idea come from yeah i mean i think it just speaks to our brand um looking to do things differently add a little bit more uh excitement and flair to the industry uh and it's been really well received people people love the hats they love the tees uh love representing uh, a brand that they can relate to uh and you know it's unique in fly fishing uh so, so it's nice to have another option out there um that's a little different than what you see every day What's the price point on these reels? The price point ranges from three forty up to four sixty, uh, so it's you know very competitive price. The uh, it goes three forty, three sixty, three eighty, four twenty, four sixty. So for uh, you know a twelve to sixteen weight reel at four sixty, uh, you know that's that's a great deal. And I'm seeing some international love uh, on Instagram. There's a guy Ben Honky Hokey, trying to get your name right, Ben. So he's he posts a lot of Instagram pictures from down under. Yeah, that's for sure. We've had a, a huge, a huge following abroad. Um, certainly, Europe, South America, Australia, a lot of um, uh, in Africa as well. Uh, it's been uh, it's been great. I think probably a lot of that comes from the cheeky brand itself. So um, it's been great to have that support not only uh, here in the states but also abroad. Very cool. And you got some soft goods as well out. We do. We have a full line of apparel, um, some just standard T-shirts and that kind of thing with some cool designs, all the way up to some more technical uh, outdoor apparel. Uh, we have a, a great fleece, the Departure Fleece, the Double Hall Casting Tee uh, is also a great product for those flats fishermen out there that, that need something that will dry real quick. Now, speaking of cheeks, um, would you ever have someone like Kim Kardashian or Coco maybe, like, get a tattoo of your name on, on their behind cheeks that would uh, probably be some pretty good marketing <laughs> but uh, I guess we'll probably draw the line there <laughs> yeah I gotta keep this there's kids walking around here so that's it <laughs> where are you guys headed after this show we are so we've done uh, we did the Denver show we did the Marlboro show uh, and now we're here so we're gonna pack things up head back to the office and uh, get back to all those emails from all the great customers who, who, uh, who've been uh, getting in touch telling us how awesome the rails are going to Lancaster going to 
North Kakalaki? We're not. The next uh, the next event uh, for us is the Salty Fly um, down in Tampa. So we'll be sponsoring uh, the tournament um, with a cheeky reel, and we'll get down there and uh, do some fishing, hopefully hook into some big redfish. Now, are people down there, are they really known as tampons? I think they might be, yeah. I'll find, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know for sure in a couple of weeks. Because Molly, if you're listening, you're known as a Baltimore on us, people from Baltimore. <laughs> well, we just lost to the Ravens in the uh, AFC Championships. So that's kind of a bitter subject. I was laughing at the RG3 logos where the G was a guy in a wheelchair. Yeah. After that game for the Skins. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, It's been an amazing uh, season for rookie QBs, and chief among them is... RG three. There was no hockey this year, so I had it. You know, until now, so I was watching Redskins games. Time flies. The Bruins are back though, so we're psyched about that. At least we have that to fall back on. Speaking of the color of your hat, too, that's Bruins colors. That's right, it's no mistake there. Very cool. All right, well, uh, who's your gigantic Chara? Charo, Charo. That dude's freaking huge. Yeah, he's like seven feet on skates, so he he works Ovechkin. Ovechkin's kind of sucking pretty bad these days. They're paying him forty five thousand a night to do the same move that doesn't work. <laughs> well, bad Sasha. Anyways, we uh, we certainly appreciate you having us on, and uh, it's great to get an opportunity to talk uh, talk a little cheeky fly fishing. Did I already ask about social media where we find you online? You can find us online at cheekyflyfishing.com or backslash cheeky. Excuse me. Facebook.com backslash cheeky fly fishing. We're also on Twitter and Instagram. All right, very cool. Thanks for joining us. Thanks very much for having us on the show. All right, we are here with Steve from the Floatmaster Products. You'll know him from the strike indicators as well as some retractors, fly boxes, and tweezers, the self-closing tweezer. So let's talk to Steve about his company. You're from Ohio? Yes, uh, originally Youngstown, Ohio. I now reside in Brunswick, Ohio about 25 miles south of cleveland let's talk about your products you develop them you you create them how does it work well i started out uh making strike indicators of the right angle technique mostly because i was tired of everything else on the market they uh always seem to fall short of my expectations so after uh, researching for a while and putting a couple of quality products quality materials together to create the Floatmaster Strike Indicator. Uh, it's, it's developed into a, a well-recognized strike indicator on the industry today. It's very simple to use. You can put it on your line. It's actually, it's been recording the whole time. <laughs> Better all right. All, of that and start over. all right, Jason. So the computer just froze. You're gonna have to cut that out. Jason's my producer. Okay. All right. So where, where were we? Uh, we were talking about the right angle strike indicators that I produce. Um, they are of the right angle technique. They are applied to your leader within a matter of seconds. Uh, the indicators themselves are made out of high density polystyrene, so they are very durable and reusable. The way they apply it to your line is with a piece of natural latex rubber tubing. Uh, you simply fold your leader in half and create a, a little loop. You push the loop through the bottom of the indicator until it comes out the top. Then you take the uh, natural latex rubber tubing and moisten it, slip it about halfway through the loop, and then pull on the indicator and leader in opposite directions. It draws the rubber tubing inside the hole of the indicator, forming a compression fit. 
and it keeps the uh, indicator in place on your leader. To adjust your depth of setting, you just merely moisten the leader in the water, slide the indicator up or down the line for your depth adjustment. Wherever you leave the indicator, that's where it remains set. Very clever. Let's talk about the, your, your tweezers. I saw the need for uh, some tweezers out on the stream and at the tying bench, and uh, I preferred to design them to be self-closing. So they work opposite of your standard tweezers. Uh, These particular self-closing tweezers have uh, an angled tip, textured finish inside the tips, and when you squeeze these tweezers, that's when they open. And when you let them go, that's when they close. So no matter what you get inside of the the tips of these tweezers, they remain until you squeeze to open again. They are made from forged stainless steel, and uh, they attach to a retractor with a stainless steel split ring. Very convenient, nice to have on the outside of your fishing garment or at the tying bench. Excellent. And how about your fly boxes? It looks like you got three different sizes to choose from. Yeah, I just came out with uh, a line of fly boxes. Uh, incidentally, all my products are manufactured here in the United States. Uh, the fly boxes are molded from a polyolefin transparent plastic, and uh, they are impact resistant and water resistant as well. They are they are lined with uh, um, crosslink polyethylene foam. And uh, they're at a three and a half pound density, very durable foam. And uh, they're a little bit different than what your standard fly boxes are like. What I mean by that is the uh, foam is of two contrasting colors, and they are a compression fit. And uh, where the where the contrasting foam colors meet, that is where you insert the bend of the hook inside these slits rather than to bury the point of the hook in the foam, which over time just destroys the foam. Uh, There's never any uh, reason or necessity to replace the foam in these boxes if used properly. I do offer custom labels as well, so it would be a great promotional item for your fly shop or maybe your fly fishing uh, tournament or club events for fundraising. So, Where can we purchase your products? Well, uh, the easiest way to get a hold of uh, my products, you can go online to my website, which is uh, www.floatmasterco.net, or you could do a Google search. I'm very fortunate to say that my website comes up pretty high, and when you uh, search for Floatmaster products, it'll take you to my site. And uh, on my site, I also have a retailer's page listing, to all the retailers that carry my products. So uh, one way or another, we'll make sure you get what you need. So uh, Cleveland area, you fish much around there? Do you travel also for your, your work? Yeah, I, uh, I travel to most of the shows. I enjoy meeting people and uh, promoting my products at the fly fishing shows. I do quite a bit of fishing around Cleveland. Over the years, the uh, state has stocked many steelhead trout in our tributaries of Lake Erie, and uh, we are literally spoiled now with a steelhead fishery. It's kind of hard to believe that uh, a person can go to Cleveland, Ohio, and hook 10 or more steelhead per day. That person obviously has not been me the last couple of years. (laughs) 
Well, we'll see if we can change that on your next visit, Rob. If you ever get to Willoughby, the greatest sandwiches are at What About Bob's, right by Todd Field. They're so freaking good. Todd Field is a very popular public access spot for steelheading, but uh, it's a timing thing. Sometimes they're there, sometimes they're not. But uh, The biggest squirrels ever live in the, the park right there, too. They're huge. Uh, the next time I travel in that area and I get an appetite, I'll make sure I stop in and grab a sandwich there. There's the, the French bread on the, the sandwich rivals rivals anything that you're going to get in Paris. That bread, Those guys do not mess around. Well, I appreciate that tip, Rob, and uh, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll be your guide for the day if you pick up the tab for lunch. Heck yeah. And you know, another thing I'm thinking about your... Um, your indicators, there's another brand that I purchase when I'm out west, and when I come back from 10,000 feet to sea level, they get crushed from the air pressure change, and yours shouldn't do that because it's a solid foam. Exactly, yeah, the uh, the high-density polystyrene has been the uh, product of my choice over the years, and uh, fortunately for me, other anglers in the industry are starting to recognize this too. Uh, the right angle technique that I use with my indicators uh, is pretty convenient because they go on the line within a matter of seconds. And I think the biggest uh, benefit about the indicators that I produce is they don't leave a nasty kink in your leader when you go to uh, make the depth adjustment or remove them from your line. And last question, you're talking a lot about these different foams and materials. Do you have a, like a background in chemistry or how did you figure out the, the different types needed for your products? No, I don't have a background in chemistry. I am a tool and die maker by trade, and uh, I have taken some engineering classes through college. But uh, I don't know. I think I think a lot of my education for the products that I produce today actually came from the Internet. Just uh, a little bit of research. See, kids, you can do it too. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Thank you, Rob. It was my pleasure. So if you listen to the uh, Christmas Steelhead edition, you know I was trying to get Greg on the podcast. Well, we got Greg Senyo in person. How's it going? Good. How are you, man? I'm tired. I've been on my feet for three days. At least you get to sit down and tie. Yeah, well, sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes that's a bad thing. I'd like to walk around, too, and you know, take in the sights a little bit. Absolutely. So um, I want to talk about your flies, your uh, you know patent ones you've got in uh, catalogs, you know, like Orvis sells them. And then your uh, involvement with Fish Skulls, Flyman Fish Company, your own uh, materials that you produce, and uh, just talking intruders. That seems to be gaining a lot of momentum on the east in the Seal Hut Alley area. Yeah, Ed, Ed Ward and, and the guys out west, you know, they, they really set the foundation for fishing big flies. And, you know, the nice thing with the Great Lakes is we have such a biomass of bait fish that it, it's a pattern that... It's like the woolly bugger, you know, it's become the template for all these new age intruder style, prom dress style flies that are out there. And uh, me being a huge fan of synthetics, you know, my laser dub, the shanks through fish skull, the products through hairline, you know, that's that's the theme that I fit. You know, I want a fly that uh, is durable, easy to fish, and truth of the matter, just a lot of fun. So how do you do these, uh, these intruders? You've got a shank. And then you tie wire on, and then there's the stinger hook? 
Yeah. What I use is I have a I have a shank. I have two. I have one in a 25 millimeter, and I have one in a 40 millimeter. And what I like to do is either use 30 pound straight fused fire line, or I like to use my intruder wire that I did through Hairline, which is uh, a stainless steel coated wire that's uh, very stiff, very strong, and yeah, it's an easy loop to loop connection onto the hook. And by doing that, you know, if you use a lighter wire hook, you snag the bottom of the river, your hook gets beat up, you can easily just unloop it, and put a new put a new hook on, you're fishing your fly still. We were just like, hey guys, I want to come up with different colored wires, can you do that for me? And then they put it together. Same with the color shanks. Yeah, that's the great thing about being able to do stuff with Hairline is um, they're a tremendous company. They, they know every product in the world. I... I'm amazed at, at how well uh, Marcos, Tracy, and the staff there, you know, they are truly have, have found every material, I think, known to man. They've done a tremendous job of any idea or anything that's out there. They found a way to either improve it, find it, make new, make better. And then how did you get involved with Martin and Flyman Fish Company? I thought they were going to be here this year, but yes, they're not showing up today. Not, you know, I think Martin's got a lot of other shows to do, and... Uh, you know, I think he's busy with work, but, you know, Martin, I was very blessed to, to have the opportunity. Uh, we, we met and we were able to talk. We had a common bond with the shanks and things, and we were looking for a, a simplified, cheaper way to produce a steelhead shank that would appeal to a guy that wants to tie nice flies. And, you know, after talking a few designs, uh, we came up together with uh, the steelhead shanks. How do you come up with the dubbings? You, like, wear an orange sweater and then look at your belly button and you're like, that orange belly button lint would make the best dubbing ever. And then you call them and you're like, hey, can we get like a burnt orange with some shaggy, shiny, this and that? And then they fix it up. <laughs> I would I would love to, to use that from you, Rob. I think belly button lint will be my next material. But the truth of the matter is laser dub, um, Ed Bordis, when I was young, he was like the pioneer of our area. He did a material called laser yarn. Um, this guy was super great to all the kids. He was local legend. And uh, when he passed, his material just fell off the face of the earth. You know, the machine, the way to make it, and everything was gone. So I had brought the idea back up of bringing out a synthetic version. And, um, you know, with the blessing from the family and everything, we went through. It took a lot of time to find something that was similar. Mixed in some ice dubbing with it, which is a tremendous product, and that's how we came up with laser dub. Trying to bring back something that was uh, a part of our local roots. I bought some of the purple shaggy dub from Chagrin River Outfitters. And on the podcast, I describe it as Grimace's pubes, but you had like a better description of what it was made out of. Yeah, at first we wanted to call it fish pubes. That's what we wanted to call it, or Afro dub, but you know. We, you know how it is with a bunch of fishing guides get together over a few beers and looking to to uh, name name a product. But, you know, the other thing is, too, is we used to make fun of it a little bit. You used to say that it was all the used spandex that we got from all the fat girls working out. So we shredded up the spandex, and guess what? We came up with Shaggy Dub. Remember, ladies, spandex is a privilege, not a right. That's true. That's so true. And if you're done, we'll recycle it into Shaggy Dub. And the, the shop near us, we get your uh, your little Minnow Man tube fly, so you, you tie some tubes as well? The Iceman Minnow, yeah. I tie I tie quite a few tubes still. Um, I use a lot of humor product. I've tied for them for the last few years. Uh, there's a lot of great tube products that are out there on the market right now. But if you want something simple and easy, you know, the Iceman Minnow is something that 
became, it was a guide fly that turned into everybody wanted to use it. It's so simple to tie. And you could tie so many flies all at once. You take one piece of tubing and tie seven flies on it. So it was really nice, easy way to, to fill a box and really have an effective fly on the river. And you got the wiggle minnows as well. See, there's a little mig. Mi- mi- uh, I'm tired. And I wasn't drinking gin last night like someone else around. Um, the, the little wiggle nymphs? Yeah, the wiggle stones, the pheasant tails and stuff. That, I don't tie them anymore. They're, they, they've gotten so popular, I just can't keep up with tying them. So the Orvis Company um, has a lot of the patterns that I, that I used to tie. Um, 2008, when I did the fly tire of the year, that was the fly that really, really put it over the top. So, you know, all those things are now with the Orvis Company, and they do a great job of, of tying and, and putting them out there to the public. And let's talk about your vice here. Now, to me, your vice looks backwards. It's going the wrong direction, but tell us about the brand and the model of Lefty. I'm left-handed, so yeah, it is a little backward for you, but uh, I'm, uh, I'm fishing like a regal revolution. Uh, I think I love, it's a great American vice. You know, there's, it's very simplistic, holds every size hook. You know, it's a favorite for me, and, you know, everywhere I go, I take it with me. It's just, just a great product. Did you get this at... Ned Flanders left-handed fly fishing emporium. I did. I a- absolutely did. And you got this um, S-Taz you wanted. You showed me the other day. It's crystal flash. Yeah, it's a crystal flash. What it is a crystal flash needle. What it is is an S-Taz. It's made out of crystal flash, so it's a lot stiffer. So it holds up an underwing really, really well. I'm gonna pick some of the for uh, shad flies this year. Absolutely, it's got to be star- sparkly and bright for the shad. Absolutely, man, it's a great product. You know, not not a lot of guys are taking advantage of it because Estaz and other things are out there. But if you're looking for a stiffer and a stronger material, this is definitely it. Any preference for rods and reels, lines you're using up on the steelhead alley? Um, I'm primarily a swung fly guy now. You know, all I do is swing fly. So you know, anything between 11, 11 and a half. Seven, eight weights, you know, it's primarily what I'm using. Large and mid-arbor reels, gadget lines, you know. I'm a big fan of the uh, the mouth tips, you know, the mo tips done by Rio. So it really simplified and made an effective product line so that you can, you know, with all the modern technology today, really good rods, really good reels, really good lines. And now's the time. I mean, if you want to swing flies, you want to try new things, now's the time. You know, technology right now is incredible. I want to try uh, swinging some squidros in D.C., those rubber league. I bought one. I didn't even know what it was when I bought it from uh, Chagrin River. Absolutely. I finally looked it up. Absolutely. I mean, you know, look at the different color combinations. Yeah, I believe the Squid Row was done by Scott Howe. You know, it's an effective steelhead fly, but, you know, the orange and black ones, I've caught smallmouth on them on swing. I've caught other species as well. I've even hit a few walleye. So, yeah, I'd definitely say going after some of them snakeheads over there, you know, that might be a really cool way to do it. Yeah. Um, and Mike, how do you Mike D from Columbus? Michael Dakota. Dakota. I, I, that's I couldn't say his last name. He does that Fifth Element fly. My uh, the guys who did our movie for the film tour told me like you got to go check out Red Spot Fly on Instagram. Yeah, that's one of the coolest looking patterns. They Mike is phenomenal. Mike, you know Mike's from Maine. He used to work for SS Flies. He's one of the most talented fly tires I know. I mean, if you've gone to the website and if you haven't, Red Spot Fly on facebook check him out he's really good he makes some of the prettiest flies ever i mean he really does and not only that they're super effective guys taking everything from technique modern technology and he's put it all together in a great package let's talk about your fishery where you fish how it's improving any environmental social impacts going on with you know dams and sewage spills or 
There's that one spot in the Chagrin River that's got a flaming pipe sticking out. Right, right. Yeah, at Daniel's Park on the Chagrin. To be honest with you, I don't know why that's there, but it's kind of a nice way to warm your hands in the winter. You know, we, we have problems just like everybody else. I mean, our biggest problem is the lack of water. Okay, so, you know, they're doing the best to take out what dams are there. I mean, same river, they've, they've already removed one dam. Um, our biggest deal is uh, all this agricultural runoff and all the chemicals from the roads, uh, everybody building so close to the river. You know, so that's what you're seeing now is a lot of sediment in the rivers. Rivers are getting too warm in summer, you know, lack of water. So we're thankful for what we have right now, and, you know, we're hoping that improvements can be made in the future if it's not already too late. Another thing I just thought of, when you're in Ohio, everyone's like, egg with a woolly bugger dropper. It only seems like an Ohio thing. No one else... Most people do the egg as the dropper. Um, I really don't, you know, I don't really think it matters, to, to be honest with you. I mean, I see it done like that in Pennsylvania, New York, and all over. I just think, I think some guys believe that the egg should be on the bottom. That's why they trail it off the back. Or some guys put their weight in line with the egg on their two-fly rigs. So that's why they run the egg up front, because the egg's actually lower than the trailing fly. So, you know, I, I really don't have a preference. And, and I've actually done it both ways, and I've caught fish the same each way and the guy in the chagrin river outfitter said 100 percent of the fish are in 10 percent of the water and i think i found well, i probably fished the 90 percent of water they weren't in so there are definitely certain spots where you guys are that's got better structure better fishing spots well i think it really has to do with like i said earlier it has to do with water flow okay so you get a bunch of fish that run in the river river drops they get stuck in certain places once they get pressured they move to other places so you know, the big deal, and, you know, we still firm, big firm believers of it is you got to be out there and you got to be scouting water or you got to get with somebody that knows because you got to be on these fish every day. And if you're not, you know, you're going to have to, you're going to have to put your time in to find some fish. I mean, Dan Perbanic, Pete, Peter Alves, Justin Perbanic, and the gang at Chagrin River Outfitters, I mean, they're out there along with our guys at Steelhead Alley Outfitters. They're out there all the time. So they know where the fish are and they do a great job. That, that, town around chagrin river outfitters absolutely beautiful that river road because i was there after the blizzard man it was the scenery made up for not catching anything plus someone said i drove like 15 hours just to get a roast beef sandwich from what about bob's because i didn't catch anything but it's beautiful up there i like cosmo dave's myself you know going there and going to cosmo dave's and getting a pizza sub is really really fun it's a beautiful little town river right next to the shop it kind of takes you back to when i was growing up in gerard pennsylvania a nice little small town where everybody knows each other you know it seems like you wouldn't have that right outside the city of cleveland but you'd be surprised how nice it is around the cleveland area and the surrounding area I wish my in-laws lived in Cleveland now, not Columbus. Yeah, I hear you. You'd be closer to Steelhead all the time. You know, it's a great excuse to get out of the in-laws' house for a couple of days during Thanksgiving dinner. They all speak Russian, so I was like, they just talk around me. <laughs> and they talk loud, so it's, you don't know what they're saying. And then, like, one time my zipper was open, and instead of, like, telling me, my mother-in-law whispered to my wife, whispered in Russian that my zipper was open. I'm like, you don't have to whisper. I don't know what you're saying. So what did you ask her to do? Pass the vodka? Oh, the vodka drink in there. They drink it out of wine glasses. Oh, man. Oh, man. It sounds like you have a good and very fun time with family abroad. It's good times, yeah. Good well, times. Don't take it for granted because no matter how quirky things may seem, you know, family is very important. It's always a lot of fun. I can't wait to take my daughter steelhead fishing. 
Yeah. It's going to be awesome. I've got a five-year-old and a one-year-old, and every day I'm waiting for them to want to tie more flies and want to get on the river myself. So, you know, I think everybody has that aspirations once they have kids and stuff. So let's hope that the fishery's still around and it's running strong when, when it's their turn. Where are you headed after this show? I'm headed home to the wife and the kids. I, I've been away for, you know, the last four or five days, and it's time for me to get back to responsibilities, the family, and not fly fishing. So I'm going to go home, take a few days off, and uh, spend time with the family and uh, get some of these fly orders from this weekend taken care of. Very cool. Well, that's uh, you were the icing on the cake. You were the last one for the weekend. So thanks so much, and I finally got you on here. Thanks for having me, Rob. You have where, a good one. where can we find you online? Uh, you can find me online at steelheadalleyoutfitters.com. Uh, if you want to make contact quickly, you can find me on Facebook through the same thing, Steelhead Alley Outfitters, or through uh, Greg Senio. And there's no physical like storefront, right? It's like run out of nope. your house? No, I work through several different fly shops in the region. Uh, we're, we're a guide service. Our, our primarily goal is to be on the water, and, I mean, that's what you want. You know, you want guys that are out there every day. So, you know. I'm very active, though, and I get back with everybody. You know, no question is stupid. I treat everybody great. So anybody ever has a question, you even message me on Facebook. Whatever it is, I will get back to you. Very cool. Last uh, words of wisdom? Go fishing while you can. That's it. Jason, take it away. So much. Good, man. That was awesome. Yeah. 14 minutes. Thank you for joining us for the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast. For more information or to contact Rob, please go to www.robsnowwhite.com. legendary shows in the outdoors is on waypoint tv don't miss primo's truth about hunting wednesday nights at 7 p.m eastern on waypoint tv the destination for outdoor entertainment don't miss mondays with into the blue brought to you by academy sports and outdoors every monday night from 7 to 10 p.m eastern on waypoint tv the destination for outdoor entertainment Join Captain Justin Leake and Meredith McCord for the best fishing action along Panama City Beach. Tune in to Chasing the Sun every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.